0: Hello, everyone. Yes, yes, a primer, a primer. Um, The first 15-ish minutes of this episode are going to sound worse than usual. Um, We were recording happily, as always, and then suddenly Rage noticed that he was recording the wrong microphone and that his audio was practically inaudible. So we're using the uh, Skype backup recording for the first 15 minutes of the episode. Then, after that, the audio quality will resume its normal levels of happiness. So, thanks everybody for your patience, and here's the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on August the 15th, 2017. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, the second most disgusting human being on the planet.
1: Gee, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, caffeine rage.
0: On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the mini games that we've played. The indie games are too damn cheap. For Honor Tournament is rife with bugs and exploits. The Steam Group invite changes have been revealed. Battle.net is back. We'll have our weekly Community Corner and our Steam Weekly Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics this week because I won't forget because I'm not exhausted. Rage, I interrupted you because I was moving on to the topics. I do apologize. How are you and what was the sentence you were about to say?
1: Well, I was saying in theory on that (laughs) because that does require you to remember. And whenever you don't do the show notes, I don't bother because usually I'm uh, setting it up early in the morning and I can't be asked. So yeah, I have that going for me. <laughs> yeah, I've got a I've got a pretty
0: good track record for not forgetting. I, mean, I have a few times, but
1: it's just more you know uh, loaded up the uh, show notes to you know uh, format them for general uh, consumption because you know our show notes are not exactly the prettiest. I mean, you well, pretty much the first few episodes of VGL was you copying pasting our show notes. <laughs> yeah. And you saw how quickly I took that over to make them actually presentable. Uh, but, yeah, whenever the time seems art for me, I don't bother hunting them down because, yeah, it's actually a pain in the ass to do so uh, post-editing. It, uh,
0: it is. It's really easy when you're editing uh,
1: to do a quick pat. Like, I make notes
0: as I go on exactly the times once the edit, the initial edit pass goes through. And then, you know, after truncating silences and things, you go back, they're all really close to find right there. But last week, I mean, I was exhausted, and I edited the show Wednesday night after we finished recording. And I'm pretty sure I was like, I will deal with finding these timestamps tomorrow. The show's pretty short. It won't be that bad. And then just forgot.
1: Yeah, and then I loaded up, uh, you know thursday uh, night uh, friday morning Ooh, okay well i'm sure there's going to be at least someone upset about this
0: yeah they will be fine it was a short show last week we didn't even make it to an hour and a half for a normal recording so
1: it's fine yeah but that's why we're padding out this week i mean we're <laughs> almost at the five minute mark on my recording and uh we haven't even uh, gone into right what have you played this week
0: that is very true, and that would be a good transition, but I'm not going to let it happen because I'm going to get my thought out. Uh, I love that what we're calling a short episode is still longer than most podcasts' episode links. It's like, yeah, our episode was only an hour and 20 minutes this week, and most of the shows are like, fuck off. <laughs> we're doing good if we hit 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, honestly, a couple of the longer shows I, well, used to listen to have Cut the uh, cut their episode lengths so way down. Yeah, yeah. My also, I listen to uh, my podcast at about one and uh, one quarter speed. Uh, but I also have just a tempo increase and not just you know, flat a speed increase, so not everyone sounds like chipmunks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, if people can like, I envy people who can do that. I can't stand listening to it at a faster speed. It just bugs me to listen to stuff faster. I can't do it with audiobooks. I can't do it with podcasts.
1: so well, past one point two five is yeah my uh, max. I can't do that a twenty five percent increase is enough where the pauses between one word and the next are just shrunk just enough where it still sounds very natural and yes, I did do a intentional chantner pause there.
0: It's fine truncate silence I'll probably grab it and shorten it (laughs) I mean I I used to not do that but at this point I just run a blanket truncate silence over the whole episode I've refined it so that it doesn't mess things up in theory through through trial and error of course I mean where it's fucked up I've just left it (laughs) Uh,
1: because otherwise uh, your almighty editor uh, powers would be um, overestimated
0: yeah but uh, yeah my, my, my two, two of my favorite podcasts are Co-Optional and um, the Sincast and I mean Co-Optional is regularly right at the three hour mark and Sincast is between two and three hours every week except when they do their specific like movie reviews and those are only like an hour but I just I like long form content too so that's one of the reasons why we produce long form content
1: yeah, well, let's put it this way. Well, the two gaming podcasts I've listened to are co optional uh, and Craig and Crowbar, both of which are extremely long. As a matter of fact, Craig Crowbar, well, this is probably not a fair one because this is episode 200 on my playlist, is at 199 minutes.
0: <laughs> nice. So that's uh, just north of three hours. Yeah. Three and one third hours.
1: Yeah, so we have the bar. We must uh, surpass them. Then we work on quality. Oh, wait, that seems uh, <laughs> like it's backwards.
0: They've got a they've got a crowbar. We'll get a
2: pry bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eh, eh.
1: Well, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, but now we are we probably lost groove because yeah, crate. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna go
0: sit inside of it.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's why they did the crowbar to get him out of it. <laughs> get out of our crate. No! <laughs> you can't make me! That
0: was a weird little blip on the waveform. I just pulled my chain down to turn on my little desk light, desk lamp, and uh, it just made it weird spiky on the waveform. Probably no one would have noticed because, you know, <laughs> noise reduction and noise gating would have, would have fixed it, but not everybody will be looking for the
1: little clicky sound. Yes, everyone will open up this uh, file in uh, alt and, and look for that particular <laughs> look, at the wave waveform.
0: look Yeah, specifically look for that. <laughs> five, five bonus points to anyone who finds it and clips it out and sends it back to me.
1: Or are you going to send them a, a Steam train guard?
0: Nah, the points don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Easy there, Drew. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about some things that do matter, which are video
1: games. Yeah.
0: So this week, uh, because
1: we have you have a, a couple major games to talk about, and uh, well, I have a lot of games to talk about, but they're all small. Right.
0: Well, I mean, my list is pretty lengthy too. But yeah, we're gonna alternate this week, and I'm going to actually lead this time uh, because we're gonna talk about No Man's Sky. Yeah, Guys,
1: just don't step on my toes, please.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm a really bad dancer. To be honest, like, I got okay at swing dancing at one point, but every other type of dancing Katie and I have ever tried to do, I, I'm i stepping all over her. do Katie. I don't even have two left feet. I've just got, like, two big lumps of concrete and lead in place of where my feet should be.
1: And oh, Italian
0: ballroom dancing. They're real bad for dancing. Um, but anyways, so yeah, No Man's Sky. Um hell's gonna freeze over or it already has guys because no man's sky is good now and i'm scared and listen i know that i've got the reputation on the show for being like haha i like this game because it's kind of dumb or like silly or shitty so i i want to preface this this game is genuinely good now Um, by Jared's standards no not even by my standards it is a genuinely good game now um hello games actually has put in a lot of work and i do have
1: to give them credit uh, that they could have easily just took the money and ran yeah and i think most companies would have you know it it doesn't make me forgive them for all the pr bullshit all the hype bullshit all the blatant lying and uh sean murray disappearing to snort coke off the snatch of hookers (laughs) or off the taint sorry i have to i have to do that properly Right. Now,
0: I'm not saying that this game is perfect, and I'm not saying that everything that at some point they mentioned would be in the game is in the game yet. Both of those things are false. The game still has some flaws, and it's still missing many... Well, I don't know what the chart looks like now, but, I mean, there's still several things that I know are not in the game that were promised at one point or another. And the difficult thing about that is, you know, he said so many different things to so many different people, like, it's hard to know what was actually on the docket versus what was Yeah, wasn't. if he was
1: telling more laws, we would have to elect him to office.
0: Heyo, Man, life was simpler a year ago when No Man's Sky... <laughs> when No Man's Sky was the worst thing around. Like, I want to go back to that.
1: Yeah, now we're just left with Battleborn and, and Evolve. And I, I guess it, uh, yeah, in about oh, two or three months, we could add Lawbreakers to the flop list. Yeah.
0: Because uh, um, that,
1: that launched outside the Steam Top 100 and has about a thousand players, give or take, which is a little disappointing because it seemed like it you know, it actually had some interesting things about it. Yeah. Well, um, at but, least we still have two whipping boys. Yeah.
0: But, so yeah, No Man's Sky has fixed pretty much every issue that I had with the game. The flight controls, if you're using a mouse and keyboard, are still garbage. Um, They're still very floaty and non-responsive, but other than that... Yeah,
1: but why are you in the sky anywhere? It belongs to no man.
0: <laughs> I am no man. Uh,
1: but other than that, I don't have any oh, more sorry, major... Oh, sorry, I assumed your gender.
0: I don't have any more major complaints with it. So things that they've added um, specifically in the most recent update, which is called the Atlas update... They have completely revamped the story, like the main story, like lore progression, and have made it much easier to get to and get through. And you now have a constant uh, Atlas path marker on your map, even if you choose to ignore it and go about just exploring the universe. That you can just reselect the path, and it'll take you back to where you are going to uh, continue progressing to the center of the universe. They've added. Like a real some real story elements and things to the game. Uh, I don't exactly know what those are because I'm basically just off doing my own thing because uh, I don't really give a shit.
1: What, but... you're uh, over somewhere shooting a rock with a bombing laser? I would have never guessed that.
0: Oh yeah, all the rocks, baby. Um, but they've added additional side stories as well uh, that you can go through and, and do. They've added a mission system which allows you to have another way to earn money and certain specific items. They've added um, guilds that you can level up in, which give you special missions and items. Uh, And those are tied to the milestone system. So, like, Uh, mine... Jared, we're going to have to have a pause here. Okay. All right, and we're back from a little interlude. Uh, There was... Technical hey, problems. Micro... We had technical problems, but we've got it all sorted out now. And... Yeah,
1: audacity to, uh, decided to be a pain in the ass for me this week.
0: Yeah, I'll put a primer in front of the episode that just says, "Hey, this happened." So the first fifteen minutes or so are going to be a little, little off. The Skype recorder's quality is not quite as good, but I mean, it's and you'll right also there hear a
1: distinct change in my voice from my post-editing and actually cleaning it up to whatever. Uh, the Skype recorder picks up. Yeah. Yeah, basically, I was sitting here trying to figure out, why is my microphone so quiet? And then I realized, oh, it's recording the wrong microphone. This is the problem with uh, recording, is that typically you have more than one microphone, especially if you have a headset. Yeah. So, anyways,
0: I was had, uh, was, had just you, kind of wrapped up talking about the mission system. Yeah. And was about to start talking about other other things, the guilds. So yes, they now have guilds which are tied into the milestone system and, you know, mine 10,000 minerals and you'll get a, a milestone for mining. And the more milestones you get, the higher up you get in the guild rankings, which awards you special bonuses uh, and... Like, eh, stat boost-type bonuses. And then eventually you can unlock special missions that you can complete that give you special equipment or technology.
1: So Uh, what guilds are there? I mean, do do you have to just randomly murder a sentient life form to be able to be invited to one? (laughs) No,
0: there's the Explorer's Guild, the Miner's Guild, and the Trader's Guild. Um, And all combat falls under the Explorer's Guild. So there's actually milestones for attacking and killing Sentinels. And indigenous wildlife. Ah. Uh, there's also missions that involve just randomly killing indigenous wildlife. So that's fun. Um, they've done a lot of revamping and rebalancing in, in the Atlas update as well. So the, the first update was the... What do they call it? The Foundations update, which added base building. The second update was the Pathfinder update, which added ground exploration vehicles and then added some extra things to the base building and then this update has been story additions and game balancing mode or game balancing so one of the the big problems that happened as well in the previous iterations of the game was that you could wind up stranded on a planet because you would run out of warp fuel or run out of um a specific mineral that you needed either they add the fuel rats Either plutonium or thamium-9 to power your uh, jump drive or your, like, launch thrusters. But now they've added a number of ways to ensure that you can always at least find whatever you need to to jump out of a system or get off a planet. They've added a lot more plutonium to the seeds. So there's not big deposits, but it's much easier to find enough plutonium to at least get your ship off the ground so you can fly to a space station or something and, and restock or search for better resources on the ground they've also added as part of the mission system every single well well, not every but at least one mission out of every lineup that uh, is given to you by one of the the mission quest giver people will give you warp fuel so that um if you can't get out of a system you can't find what you need you can at least go run a quick mission and get a warp fuel so that you can jump to another system so that's nice it's it's pretty much impossible to get stranded now Um, Oh, that sounds like a
1: challenge.
0: I mean, I'm sure you could probably find a way, but um, at the very least, you might have to do a little bit of of work to get whatever it is that you need, but nothing more than like 15 or 20 minutes worth. Uh, The missions are fairly quick. There's only a few that are really long, and they have appropriate payouts, but that's not the mission that you want to do to get your warp fuel, so that's safe for the lower level. Like, hey, run item A to place B, or go shoot down this ship, or whatever. So the
1: or quest bring me five nice. bear asses. Oh, sorry, space bear
0: asses. Um, they've revamped the, the base building as well now. So one of the issues that I had with the base building update is it's like, great, I can start building my base. But now I have to go get all these people and travel around the galaxy to find them. But now you're guaranteed to get all of the major components of your base from any space station in any system. So you don't have to go wandering around looking for the specific experts or specialists that you need to unlock all of the stuff at your base. Um, you just run a series of missions that takes maybe an hour to do all the missions. And you get all the key staff of your base. Um, the the like super specialist like high-end things, you have to go hunt for those. But none of the important stuff is locked behind, well, I guess I'm going to have to jump for 10 systems to find a station that has this specific alien race at it. Uh they've revamped the procedural generation for planets and they completely reseeded the entire uh galaxy or all of their galaxies. So now planets have multiple biomes. I mean not always, you can still find single biome planets, but before it was impossible to find multiple biome planets, and now Whoa, they're that's, pretty...
1: rather, that's really boring.
0: <laughs> yeah. So now they're now they're pretty common. Um the planet that I've made my home base, at least for now, is uh primarily a tundra. Um, but around the equator, because it's close enough to the sun or something, I don't know, it's, uh, more tropical. So, out at the poles, and, uh, it's like a, fr- a frigid la- wasteland, and then tundra up until you get to around the equator. So, it's simple things like that make the, the planets a lot more interesting and more fun to explore. Um... They've revamped all of the ships. Like all of the, before, even up until uh, the last update, because I did do some research on uh, the Pathfinder update just to make sure I, I knew what was came out during which uh, update to the game. Uh, they actually have added ship classes now. So there's or ship types and classes. Before it was just cosmetic, and all that mattered were the amount of slots in your ship. The more slots you had, the more you know stuff you could put. But now ships both have uh, what are known as tech slots that you can put equipment and upgrades in so that all of your sort of standard slots can be used for inventory. Uh, And now there are different classes that actually give meaningful boosts and have very distinct like uh, attributes to them. So, for example, there's the the fighter, which has um, sort of a balanced amount of tech slots and general slots. But it get it has higher stats for speed and maneuverability, and it gets a boost to all weapons' attack power. There's the explorer class, which has extra tech slots, so that you can put uh, like multiple drive updates or upgrades in it, so that you could, for example, go faster or jump farther for each use of hyperdrive fuel. Uh, but it has less general slots for cargo inventory. The there's a freighter, or not a freighter, a um, a hauler ship, which has the most standard slots, but it has fewer tech slots. Cause it's like, you know, this is a trade vessel. So you're not really doing too much crazy stuff. And then it gets buffs for, um, what does it get a buff in? I think it's, it gets a buff in hyperdrive as well. So you can jump farther using hyperdrive fuel. And then there's the shuttle, which is like an all around average vessel, you know,
1: then it gets decommissioned and we have to rely on the Russians to get our astronauts into space.
0: Yeah. The Russians or, uh, Elon Musk.
1: Oh, we're not quite there with Musk.
0: But uh, anyways, they also have uh, now um, exotic class ships, which there's have been a whole bunch found, and I actually found one too. And they're like super extreme versions of those ships. Like I found an exotic explorer type ship, and it only had four cargo slots, but it got like a 200% boost to hyperdrive range. Um, and like a hundred percent boost to weapons damage and speed and maneuverability. And it had like 20 tech slots. It was crazy. Um, I mean, I, I basically, f- I found it crashed on a planet. I fixed it up and then turned around and sold it cause it was worth a shit ton of money and just bought like a hauler and I'm saving up for a freighter. They rebalance freighters. The freighters are a lot more useful now. The freighter.
1: that's uh, the, essentially the bubble base, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they rebalanced those. They made them a lot more useful. They give you a lot more storage capacity with them, and they can jump a lot farther by default. But they're now a lot more expensive. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Uh, there's no, I haven't seen any performance issues. Uh, they had done a lot of f- fixing performance issues, anyways.
1: Yeah, I just remember uh, Total Biscuits launch a uh, stream of it, and he was just getting more and more frustrated with the performance until he just rage quitted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen any performance issues now this go around, and I still had a couple when the uh, foundations update was released. I had like this weird flickering that would happen sometimes in space stations, um, but so far I haven't seen any of that. And I I played it for about twelve hours this weekend, so I mean, in a game that big, there's always a chance to find bugs, but so far I haven't found any. So that's that's nice. I love the exocraft. Base building is so so much fun. Um, it adds a whole bunch of missions for you to do, which uh, you know are new rewards and things. But it makes exploring planets feel a lot more meaningful um, because you you feel like you have a stake in them. Um, and the different vehicles that you have to explore on the ground are actually quite useful. They're I mean they're obviously slower than your ship, but faster than being on foot. But they're a lot more efficient in terms of uh, fuel and energy usage and they have just as much cargo as most of your standard ships um there's basically three different ones there's a light fast one like an all-rounder and then a big but slower one they're good for combat exploring and mining there's a lot more specific and special resources around now too that require you to get special equipment uh nothing that was in the game before requires special equipment. It's all stuff that's been added. Uh so there's nothing holding you back from the original like way of playing, just like exploring around. But if you want to get into base building and stuff, eventually you'll need to get the special equipment that lets you get the special resources. The base building mechanic is pretty simple, um but in terms of like construction, you can do a few de- decent things with it, but it's not like Minecraft levels of whatever it's it's more like lego you've got these pieces that uh, you can assemble into a thing actually lego's a bad example because you can do anything you want with lego um
1: well i thought they just sold it as uh specific models now and you're not allowed to build anything else except for yeah that one thing <laughs> isn't that how uh, lego's business model has kind of moved to just models in general or model sets
0: Yeah, well, I was thinking, like, follow the instructions. Um, I mean, you can build some crazy stuff if you really, really mess with the system. Um, Yeah, but
1: let's put it this way. Nobody's buying the hundred and some dollar Saturn V uh, rocket to build something else out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, you're expected to stick to the instructions. I mean, you can kind of freeform build your base, but... They all tend to have a similar structure, and it's like, here's what you need in order to do this, and in order to do that.
1: So, and, in other words, uh, I think that we could boil this down to a single sentence. This game has become digital crack for you. It's uh, become <laughs> just what you wanted. Pretty much.
0: Pretty much. Um,
1: uh, so, it, it also general... turns out that everyone is just floating uh, little balls of energy as well. Because remember, you, you were... The only way you would be able to see what your character looked like was to find someone else. And huh, how about that? Are all little balls of energy? Yeah, they've added multiplayer. You can rudimentary multiplayer. Supposedly they're going to be adding more to
2: it.
0: Yeah, you can link up with up to sixteen players and just explore around together. But there's no, yeah, point. it's there's no point really other than to just be like, hey, come check out this thing that I see over here. There's there's not really any any interaction. Aside from just being able to chat with people and within your like sphere and you around can't even, you,
1: and you can't even see, yeah, you know, what ship they're in. They're literally just different colors balls of energy.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I don't. I didn't buy this. I was never intending to have this as a multiplayer experience. And there are much much better multiplayer games that do this sort of thing out there. Terraria, yeah, hell, Minecraft.
1: Well, I was thinking but, just Terraria actual, uh, has more gameplay to it than, you know, just build something and that's about it.
0: Yeah. For for people who don't like this sort of game, who don't, you know, exploration, survival, crafting, building, like, if you don't like that kind of game, this update did not make this game something that you would want to buy. Which I
1: think that's probably, well, not probably, I mean, that's... Uh, just how they marketed the game in general was that it was a literally everything for everyone right? and that, that is just mind-bogglingly stupid on both the fact that there's at least a certain subset of players that bought into that and the fact that they were doing it in the first place
0: yeah the, I mean this this did not do that it didn't even come close Even the stuff that they added to make being someone who's more of a pirate or a combat type person, like the combat systems are still very rudimentary. Even if you're supposedly the flight controls are fine with the controller, but the rest of the game sucks with the controller, so I just deal with the shitty flight controls because I don't really get into combat anyways. Um, But the improvements that they made to combat don't really make this a dynamic combat game. I mean, if you want dynamic space combat, go play Elite Dangerous or Star Citizen or something like that. Um, they didn't, they didn't make it into that kind of game, but if you are the sort of person who likes survival, crafting, exploring in a sci-fi universe, No Man's Sky is now a perfectly viable game to do that in. It's no longer a broken piece of shit. It feels like what you do, at least in the world, matters, um, in that way that only people who are like me and understand this, like, enjoy this sort of experience get, um, it, it just, it, it's a pleasurable experience. I feel like what I'm doing, I'm progressing towards something that's meaningful in game. I don't feel like I'm wasting my time and it's still a very pretty screenshot generator. So you get a lot of nice vistas to look at.
1: Well, my major question about it uh, is, uh, gameplay wise, have they ever fixed the inventory management where a lot of your tech upgrades took up your rather limited inventory in general?
0: Yeah, yeah, they did that. Um, there's a couple of ways to do it now. So on your, your exosuit, um, you now have uh, these things called cargo slots. So you've got regular slots, you've got tech slots, and you've got cargo slots. The regular slots and the tech slot slots function exactly the same as they do on your ship, but the cargo slots function as places where you can stack any type of inventory in your suit uh, that you're carrying on your person. And then all ships and... Um, vehicles like land vehicles all of the everything stacks in those slots and like tech upgrades and equipment and stuff have smaller stacks than like minerals but they still stack
1: so okay I just remember when the game originally came out you were stuck with this many uh, inventory slots but your tech upgrades also took those slots
0: right well now the time which tech was tech just upgrades, stupid it was and now that everything has a tech Space where you can put your tech upgrades in, and don't they don't affect your normal inventory slots. And then specifically, your suit has got cargo slots that now can have um, larger stacks of normal items, and then the items that wouldn't have stacked before they now stack inside the cargo slots. It's there's still some fiddliness to it, um, but it does alleviate a lot of the issues because. You're not is at least as far as I've gotten so far, you're not needing to carry around fifty or a hundred like uh shielding shards, for example, which automatically refill your entire shield on your suit. Like you need like one or two of those at, mat- mm-hmm. at at best, unless you're trying to do some kind of extreme exploration challenge or something like that, because you're never far enough away from sponsored a craft by or... Red Bull. <laughs> You're never far enough away from your craft that you can't just hop in and let your shield recharge naturally in a safe environment because when you're inside your ship or any of the landed uh, the land vehicles you're protected and your shields recharge for example and your life support and stuff so it's not really that big of an issue I haven't tried the new like the, the hardcore survival mode it might be different there but for just normal play it's it's they fixed it enough. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and and now I'm just imagining the heart of the extreme challenge mode. You get out of your uh, ship and you drink a Red Bull and you put the can back in. (laughs) Uh, Smash the uh,
0: can against uh, your faceplate.
1: Well, you can't do that because that breaks your uh, faceplate and then you have to have duct tape to fix it. uh, Mark Watney, you know, signs the shit out of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So do you have any, any other questions? Uh, not anything really. I that think I missed?
1: You, I think you've covered it quite thoroughly.
0: Yeah. I, I if the game had released in this state, some people would have definitely picked apart the the issues that they have and I'm sure a lot of people would still do the Sean Murray light about a million things, but I think that the game in general would have been received very popularly. And it would have been a contender for a lot of people's game of the year list.
1: Yeah, so, but now it's uh, it's kind of a weird situation because, yeah, Spore uh, is the obvious, you know, analog to this uh, previously, but it never really saw the up- updates and even the expansions to Spore. They never really addressed the shortcomings and what was not put into the game on release you know, that they promised uh, they uh, you know there was still at least one missing life stage that they showed off previously they never really fleshed out anything outside of oh now your captains can beam down and play rather lackluster arpg uh, uh segments instead it's yeah. uh you know it's uh, i mean, sky's in just a weird weird place it's it's probably a contender for one of the best improved games post-launch i think that's a fair assessment
0: yeah, I think so too.
1: Um, but it's also one of those things that it shouldn't <laughs> have come down to this to begin with.
0: I agree. It needed to have sat sat in the and in, in development for a bit longer. If I know that could... it had been in development for a long time and it had been delayed and all that jazz. But I wish that they would have kept it, de- you know, just delayed it even longer.
1: Yeah, if but... they could kind have of waited to yeah you know, release the actual game. There is a reason why Early Access exists. And here's the thing. is If this released in Early Access, and I know it, the consoles are toying around with Early Access to begin with, this could have been a darling of Early Access.
0: I agree. If they'd released it in Early Access for, like, I don't know, 20 bucks last year, been like, hey, here's our road to of development. We intend to be fully released with these features by next year. I, I'm sure people would have loved it because when it came out it felt like a pretty solid like alpha state game like proof of concept game that just needed a lot of polish and added features and you know i would have been happy with that for 15 or 20 bucks
2: yeah but instead but... they
0: call it a full price game and it was garbage as a it just was broken missing features yada yada et etc cetera, etc cetera. And... and
1: questionable design choices that has it sounds like has since been yeah. mostly fixed
0: Yeah, so I had a couple of people when I said that I was going to be playing it this weekend, like, ask if I'd recommend it, and I've talked to them about it and told them. But, I mean, I do, I recommend this game now to anybody who does enjoy this style of game. I think it's definitely worth it. Uh, You know, it's up to you to determine how much you actually want to pay for it. Uh, The game is on sale over the weekend, and as of recording, it's on sale. It won't be whenever this episode goes up. But it's on sale for about 25 bucks right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's still a few bucks higher than why I wanted to experiment with it. Because I really don't know about this game. Yeah. I I think anyone who's... I I
0: feel like it's 100% worth 25 bucks, especially if you're into this sort of thing. Well, that's the but thing. Is that... I think it's worth a try for maybe like 10 to 15 If yeah. you really don't know. I'd go in it Yeah, that's that. why I was
1: thinking about the $15 range. Because... Um, I don't have a large history with the exploration style games. I have, yeah. I mean, I've obviously played Minecraft, but I, you know, I don't think there's anyone that hasn't at this point. You know, that yeah. could at least hold a mouse and uh or a controller. But you know, I Minecraft never really enthralled me all that much. It more was what can I build in it. That's the same thing that I usually ended up with Gary's mod was. That instead of playing all the random game modes, I would uh, try out a couple of them, then I would go build weird shit, you know? Like, yeah, you know, uh, try to make a, a random contraption that will uh, turn and uh, jump on top of a NPC that I spawn in. You know, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah.
1: So, uh, maybe this would uh, be my jam, maybe not. It's just one of those things that I'm not sure about, and it makes me have pause about this. Yeah. Uh, that, and also all the lies, all the deceit. It just uh, it taints it, you know. Uh, yeah. St. Taint. Yeah. My
0: my first few hours playing it again were pretty rough uh, because I was I was trying really hard not to carry all that baggage into it, but I mean, you know, I'm human, so obviously I can't not do that. And I had a few struggles at the beginning because I still. Didn't, that's why I you didn't... need vodka. Yeah, I didn't get a good starting planet, um, and the changes that they've made have made the bad starting planets at least a little bit better, but it still took me longer than I felt like it should have to get off of my starting planet, but once I did that, I my tune started to change really quickly, so, yeah.
1: Which is uh, rather thankful, because we both know that you can't carry one.
0: Touche, <laughs> touche. Touche. Uh, so yeah, No Man's Sky, everybody. Hell froze over. It's it's a good game now. It's pretty good.
1: I was it's wondering why, why my feet were cold.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Rach, what's the first game you played this week?
1: <laughs> well, I have a bunch of uh, really tiny games that will just intersperse your massive discussions. Uh, yeah. The first one is uh, Tragedy of Prince Rupert. This, and not the tragedy, because you know that would make uh, t- uh, talking about a little make a little bit more grammatical sense. You know. This is a twin-stick shooter, and what um, I think everything I've, uh, I have have here, is, well, everything except for one is just review copies of me trying out different things. And what really got me about this game was the art style. It has this monochrome, uh, not quite black and white, because you know, there's some uh, uh, shades of, uh, like, a sepia tone. And uh, I just wanted to try it out and it it's one of those games that the screenshots don't really do it justice because there's enough of uh, particle effects and everything uh god rays that make it look a lot prettier in motion but it's something that really didn't grab me and that's why I ended up not doing a video on it it's that it and maybe that's something that is kind of a oh there's a couple games on my list that kind of fall into this, where uh, Steam Direct, which I'm not sure if this is a Steam Direct title or not, has really opened up a lot more of uh, niche titles. You notice that, where you're getting a lot of uh, the smaller, like, puzzle games and that sort of thing? Uh, Between all the garbage. (laughs) Yeah. And this is something that uh, is really... Uh, well, it's the flip side of what we bitched about on Steam Direct, and this is uh, the same thing where it's a very small, very niche title. That if you're into twin stick shooters or you know a more artistic style, I think you would absolutely love it. But it's also one of those things that there's not a lot of gameplay here. It's all you know your general twin stick shooter, and uh, I'm kind of, I'm just struggling with uh, what to say about it because it's. One of those things that I didn't spend a lot of time with. Because, you know, there's... uh, There is a story to it. You're uh, trying to essentially uh, get to your princess to marry her. uh, But her father is just saying no to that and has sent his entire army (laughs) to stop you. As you're flying in your uh, hot air balloon. Which, you know, hot air balloon, you know, not exactly the most were worthy of craft, huh?
0: (laughs) Nope, definitely
1: not. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's just, there's not a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah. I'm not a big fan of this aesthetic, um, but other than that, the game looks interesting.
1: Well, it's one of those things that there's a lot of little things about. Like, you could dive under the ocean, and there's stuff to do down there as well. And some, uh, there's a fair amount of exploration in this game, actually. You know, having to find various things, and uh, use your anchor to hook certain things, uh, that sort of thing. So there, it's not just a twin-stick shooter. There's some other aspects to it as well. It's just there's not a lot to talk about here, but it's one of those things that it looked interesting enough that I wanted to at least highlight it. Right. And plus it also breaks up uh, you uh, gushing about No Man's Sky and gushing about something else. <laughs> yeah,
0: fair enough. Is that uh, leeway for me to move into my next game? or?
1: Yeah, even though I'm not sure this is going to be gushing.
0: Yeah, so the next game that I played this week was uh, Grand Theft Auto V on PC. Rockstar had a... It was an odd percentage, uh, but it made the game exactly $30 after taxes. So it was like 53 or 54%, something like that. Um, But yeah, I played Grand Theft Auto for about five hours this weekend. Um, I've got some things that I like. I've got some things that I don't like. Uh, and the things that I don't like are things that I usually don't complain about, but they're really bad in Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, so the things that I don't like, we'll start there. The controls for this game are just god-awful. I, I don't think it was designed by people, well, it was designed by people who were trying to optimize the controls for a controller, not a keyboard and mouse. So, on a controller it's only mildly annoying because you have to do things like tap A to sprint and the like there's too many things assigned to too many buttons and I forget which button does what. Like this button pulls up this wheel and then this button pulls up this menu that has 8 different things in it. And if you use the thumbstick and the this menu it does a different thing than if you use the D-pad and it's like my thumb is sitting on the thumbstick and it's like well shit I didn't want to do that. I wanted to use the D-pad to scroll around on the phone or whatever. So that's frustrating, but it's worse if you try to play it on keyboard and mouse because they didn't, (laughs) they didn't design it for people that have less than eight fingers on each hand.
1: Um, like, that seems like a very, uh, small portion of the population.
0: I think if you had eight fingers on each hand or at least your left hand, uh, you'd be okay. But only having five fingers or technically four fingers and a thumb, uh, is impossible because you've got you know wasD for movement. That's fine. Uh, R for reload. That's fine. But then some of the actions you have to hit Caps Lock for. Um, <laughs> left Alt does something from right Alt, and you have to use each of them. Uh, if I'm you trying to if remember,
1: you, uh, was it GTA Four that required the arrow keys to use the uh, phone in that?
0: Uh, you don't have to use the arrow keys to use the phone. I know, I know, uh, to... be
1: dogs that required it, but I can't, I remember the phone was bad in GTA 4 as well.
0: Yeah, well, you do have to use the arrow keys for some things, just not the phone. They're less commonly used. Um, let's see, I, f- I think it's L that brings up something. I don't know, it's really confusing. And I went to, I was like, okay, well, I can just remap this. And there are what feels like a million different keys to do things, like at least three times more than any PC game I've played in forever. And I just went, you know what? I want to play this game, not spend all day in the menu, so I'm just going to deal with the issues of a controller. I'm right now mostly playing single player anyway, so I don't have to worry about, oh, I'm getting killed by people who can aim better than me in multiplayer. Uh, also, driving is impossible on keyboard and mouse. It just is impossible. If you can drive your car without crashing it immediately using keyboard or mouse, you're a better human being than me because full acceleration and full stop and full left and full right is fine in like Saints Row where everything's a little bit wacky and silly anyways, but they're still trying to do some amount of realism and GTA and just constantly accelerating and turning left or right just causes many accidents and gets you killed many times. I died three times in the first mission because I crashed my car because the driving controls are so bad with keyboard and mouse.
1: You know you're really not selling this game to me.
0: Um yeah. It's yeah, if I'm complaining about controls, then it's pretty bad because usually I I get past that stuff no problem. Um so I persevered. I got up my controller. I started getting used to the controls and I started playing through the single-player story a bit. And the story's really good. This is where the, some of the positivity comes in. And then I'll get negative again when I go to GTA Online. Um, But the single-player story is really good, which is the main reason that I bought the game for, is to play through the, the single-player. Um, I really like the way that they weave the three main characters together. Going from mission to mission feels really natural, especially the missions where it's like, maybe you start as one character and then wind up as a second one or two or three of the characters are doing something together and then, you know, at one point one of them breaks off and you follow them and then come back together. I mean, I'm... I know the game's several years old at this point, but I don't want to spoil any of the story stuff. But it's just handled really well and it could have been, like, super confusing and really janky and disjointed if they'd messed it up, but they did a good job putting the story elements together. So it's always really... Uh, intriguing or neat to be like oh now i'm gonna go follow this story character or that story character i guess i could say their names like one of the earlier missions there's uh, franklin and michael and uh, franklin like pop or not franklin michael pops in and you swap from franklin to michael and then back to to franklin again and it's it's, it's pretty wild what happens and the way that they handled is beautiful and it, it makes perfect sense like why I'm swapping back and forth between these characters plus the characters are all really interesting and flushed out um, I mean they're three very separate, separate characters Franklin's like a, a new kid who's kind of naive to what's going on like on the streets and, and being a criminal um, and he meets Michael who's this old jaded like I'm, you know, I'm too old for this shit wants to get out of the game But, you know, he just keeps getting drawn back in. And then um, Trevor is just fucking insane. He's like the embodiment of the worst GTA players you've ever seen.
1: He's uh, the remnant of all the wackiness from the previous GTA games, I guess.
0: Yeah. And the storyline, I mean, there's there's plenty of wackiness in it. I mean, talk radio is, you know, the talk radio stations are still silly and hilarious and... There's certainly some wacky side missions, but the main story feels pretty serious, and I like it, actually. I like the shift from GTA being, you know, just utterly, not necessarily ridiculous. I mean, um, GTA was never, at least in my opinion, never as crazy as Saints Row was or has become.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing is that as GTA has gotten more serious, it's like uh, Saints Row has gone into the garbage from GTA and stolen all the craziness from them. That yeah, they've been throwing out, but because uh, well, uh, from G- uh, GTA San Andreas to GTA Four, they lost a lot of the wackiness. There was still some of it there, but it was limited to either a couple missions or the entirety of the expansion, The Ballad of Gay Tony. Yeah, which I'm still shocked that uh, you know, you've, I don't think you've ever played. I've never played The Ballad of Gay Tony. I've played The Lost and the Damned. Uh, you, but uh, The Lost and the Damned were was a pretty decent expansion. Uh, it was mostly focused on motorcycles, though, which you know, uh, if you really like mo- how the motorcycle's handled, you know, it was fun, but the Battle of Decay, Tony felt like old GTA. Yeah. Plus it also uh, had just little moments like Brucie going to the gay bar. <laughs> it's like, knew it! <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's, there's, uh, lots of references to the other GTA games as well. That's pretty good. Um, I mean, you know, you, it's stuff that is not, like, super in your face. Like, you'd be confused if you hadn't played other GTA games, but if you have, you're like, oh, I recognize that. I get that. That's good.
1: I see what so, you did there.
0: Yeah. Um. Otherwise, like, mechanic-wise, it's the best driving GTA I've played. Um, they've just, you know, taken a lot of lessons over the years of how driving and car physics have, have come along, and... So the driving feels really good. The flying is, I mean, fine. Uh, I never felt like flying was bad in Grand Theft Auto games before. But it's fine here. Um, boats are fine. Bikes are fine. So gun- the gunplay is fine. I mean, it's Grand Theft Auto gunplay. First-person mode's weird. Um, it's, it. the game's just not built for first-person I mean, that was kind of like an added feature they added for people who wanted to play, and that's fine. You know, I'm all for giving players' choices. But, and maybe if this was like the first Grand Theft Auto game I'd ever played, it might make a bit more sense. But, you know, to me, Grand Theft Auto has always been third-person, over-the-shoulder, you know, run-and-gun action. And the first-person mode is, I mean, done really well. Like, if you hide behind cover, you're looking the wrong direction. You have to lean out around cover to see what's going on. Um, but it
1: makes no sense to actually play in it.
0: Yeah, but it makes no sense for gameplay mechanics.
1: Only thing uh, the, I could think of uh, the why you'd use it is if you want to do some of the racing in it.
0: Yeah, it does actually help with driving. Um, because, you know, being in that first-person view, you at least can see what's going on in front of the car a bit better. But other than that, I mean other than just like haha this is neat to do this thing in first person, it's, you know, it's not useful or really all that fun. But, again, choices are good. I'm glad that they did it for the people who do enjoy that sort of thing. Uh, and then GTA Online is frustrating, <laughs> to say the least. I don't mind, like, the grindiness of it. Um, if you want to get to the really high-end stuff, the it's definitely geared towards... Shark cards? En- encouraging you to buy shark, shark cards. But you can buy houses and cars. I mean, at the... I played. I only played online for, like, an hour, and at the end of the first hour, I had enough money to buy a house if I wanted to, or an apartment, um, which had, I think, a two-car garage. So, I mean, if you want to just get, like, the basics and then just, like, hang out with your friends and run around and do stupid shit, it's fine. No problem. But it's um, meant to be a
1: grind fest.
0: But it's meant to be a grind fest for people to get all of the high-end stuff like all of the most recent stuff that they've added is like bunker it's i think it was called the gun runner update and it adds like bunkers and drug manufacturing and like a ton of like special custom vehicles with tons of weapons on them and all of that's like a million dollars for the cheapest thing and it would take i don't know 10 hours to grind out a million bucks to buy the very cheapest thing and that's only one thing. That doesn't count the research that goes into that to unlock the better drugs and weapons and buying the rest of the pieces to your base and the crew and everything Yeah, and why you would need. you grind to like...
1: this whenever you could just fly around planets instead and shoot rocks?
0: <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, to each his own, I guess. But anyways, it's just, it's super geared towards shark cards. There's no easy way to make money. I mean, you either just, like, run around and do all of the random stuff on the street that gives you little bits of money here and there, or you play in the random multiplayer game modes or the occasional mission that gets given to you by one of, like, the secondary characters from the main story. So, I mean, it's it's okay, but I don't really think that I'm going to play it very much. Maybe if... I know that some of our, of our friends and listeners have it. Maybe we, we'll do a stream night in GTA, but uh, I mean, I'm not big into it. I came for the single player. Oh, wow. um, also another frustrating thing about online is that there's no way to separate yourself from the general like servers. Occasionally it seems like you can wind up by yourself if everyone leaves and then it kind of leaves you in your server in a server by yourself for a little while but there's constantly people there and I'm constantly paranoid that someone's going to come and, and mess with me and you can turn on what's called passive mode, but passive mode, just, you can't do anything except drive around. You can't use any of your weapons. You can't do any challenges or missions in passive mode. It's just, if you want to go drive around, run around, maybe like test out a car or something, but I don't know why you would do that. Cause you could just do that in single player. You can do, like, friend lobbies if you're going to run missions, but in just, like, the general overworld, whoever's on your server is on your server. That's frustrating. So, GTA Online kind of sucks. Single player's where it's at. I did make my online character look like Harley Quinn. I was very proud of that. I mean, I'm definitely not the first person to have that idea, but I was still really proud that I did it. She got dim pigtails and everything.
1: Does she have a massive hammer?
0: Not yet. Um, there is like a a, um, a sledgehammer you can get, which is the closest thing. But I don't have it yet. I've got a hatchet and a pistol. And I rob convenience stores with them. <laughs> I have to say that's really fun. Uh, I amused myself for like 30 minutes. Like, where's all the convenience stores in downtown? I'm going to go rob them all.
1: I am a petty criminal yes how petty
0: so yeah that's uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 yep. story mode was pretty good the rest of it's kind of meh
1: okay so speaking of kind of meh <laughs> uh, after the tragedy of Prince Rupert I decide you know I have a review copy of a visual novel let's try that holy shit Oh, <laughs> wow this is why I haven't done a Sunday sampler in a couple weeks <laughs> Uh, now, I generally am somewhat forgiving on visual novels. It, it's it's my soft spot, I guess. I don't know. But, damn. And, and it's not even the subject matter, because the whole idea of this uh, visual novel is you're, uh, well, a loser. I mean, let's uh, put it bluntly, who gets transported to different worlds whenever you fuck a girl. All right? <laughs> don't, don't ask okay. me how that works, but fine.
0: <clears throat> okay. I'm in. Uh, I'm already in. I don't care how bad this is. I'm in.
1: It has some very, very, very janky dialogue to begin with. It, it, I think it was originally in Russia <coughs> and <I> mean, they <coughs> pretty much did a Google translate <coughs> there. But they obviously didn't copy and paste it because there was typos all over the fucking place. In the first five to ten minutes of this game, I ran into four or five typos. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And it was at that point, it's like, no, no, no. Uh, I realized that, yo, I, I was going to end up spending the entire time just being angry about this. So I didn't play terribly long in this, but you could see just kind of uh, how cringeworthy the dialogue gets with some of the uh, screenshots in the game. Because, yeah, it's, it's not, there's no real flow in the in the dialogue whatsoever. There's no real flow in how the sentences work which makes me feel like it's a very rough translation to begin with art wise it's not bad though I mean I have to give it that much I mean and the fact that this is uh, I mean let's put it frank this is a sex uh, visual novel and the—and they do have a adult patch for it but it's actually included in the uh, original do- download which is strange for a steam game and it's like behind a password that is fairly easy to find so yeah there is that but the thing is yeah uh, there's easy way easier ways to see tits woohoo show me the anime <laughs> boobies <laughs> uh, but that's the thing is that there's a lot better out there uh, yeah there uh, are. It's, it's a interesting premise though uh, it's called crystal city uh or, or with the subtitle stop the earth i'm getting off see what they did there yeah uh which originally, when I got the review copy, it was uh, "Stuff the Earth I'm Getting Off," and I was terribly confused why it was showing as Crystal City in my library to begin with. <laughs> um, it, it's it's one of those things that if you're looking for kind of a low grade uh, uh, visual novel, which this is a, a very cheap one. Like, once again, it's not completely unplayable, but oh damn it, it definitely needed an editor. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I uh, I just went and requested a review copy of this game.
1: Well, it would shock me <laughs> if you uh, didn't get it, because, yeah, um, and that's the thing, is that I'm usually a lot more forgiving with uh, visual novels, and, uh, well, there's also a, a couple more aspects to this. There is a, a, a locked room section where it's not just a visual novel, but it's also... Yeah, that's the main pull of it. What the main pull of it is, well, a different thing. Wink. Thank you. It's just, I I was disappointed with, you know, just running into so many typos in the very beginning of it. Yeah. The the visual novel genre is uh, really starting to explode on Steam, and you have to at least put out some level of quality to be able to really stand out from the crowd, and this just isn't it. Matter of fact, it's not even well. It's listed uh, visual novel as its fourth tag, behind sexual content, duty, and anime. <laughs> you can see where they're going with that, huh?
0: Yeah.
1: Once again, not a lot to talk about, just because. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, you know, it's a game that I only spent probably less than half an hour playing.
0: Alrighty, well, next game on my list, another heavy hitter then. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. So oh I'm actually surprised to have this back up on my list again. I said I was probably done with it until... Yeah, I was hoping so. Uh, I actually finished the game, and then I could kind of give some wrap-up thoughts. But I got into the relationship system, finally. Uh, and I initially was like, hey, hey, you can flirt with a lot of people. I'm going to try and bang all the aliens and the humans. But it turns out that they've actually got a pr- what feels like a pretty decent romance system. And also the way they handle relationships and different types of people uh, and their sexualities is done in a really mature, well thought out, interesting way. And there's a ton of diversity in this game in terms of um, not just sexuality, but different sort of, I guess, progressive thinking for families and, and things like that. And like you know here's where we hope to be in the 22nd, 23rd century. Um, so I'll start with the relationship system. Uh, it's not just like say all the right things and people will like you and want to bang you. I mean, that's part of it. Um, but you can lead people down different relationship paths. So I started out initially like just flirting with everybody. Uh, but some people as I've gotten to know them and on more intimate levels, uh, and that's not just sex, but you know, about them and they're sharing their uh, they're sort of deep dark secrets and opening up to your character uh, there's a couple people that I'm like yeah I don't actually want to date you so then you can start moving your relationship to more of a friendship uh, type aspect and you can still have these very deep well um, very deep intimate relationships that aren't sexual in nature which previous Mass Effect games basically if you don't travel down the romance path you don't get super close to any of the characters uh, so it's, it's nice to be able to feel like I'm developing friendships with some of these characters and some of them uh, you can develop relationships with on a friendship basis uh, like they reject you initially romantically but then you become their friends and then they start to show interest in you romantically because they've got to know you better and there's one character that you um, have to get to know in like a physical sexual sense she's like very anti-commitment uh, but she does want sex and then once you get to know her a little bit better through that like she's actually like you know what I've been spending time with you and I think I want more than just sex with you so that I thought that was interesting because sometimes real relationships work that way like you get together with someone because they're hot you hook up and then feelings develop and somebody wants to you know take the relationship a step farther and uh well in that relationship I'm, uh, I'm going to put her in the friend zone because I don't want to pursue her romantically I just wanted the casual sex you I'm man, not perfect. slut. <laughs> Except I'm playing fi- uh, Fem Rider, So I'm just a, a slut slut. But I just, you know, it's not perfect. It's not like a substitution for real relationships or anything like that. But as far as games go in having relationship systems, um, it feels really good. It feels like it's uh, light years ahead of their previous attempts at doing it. Even Dragon Age um, Inquisition. Which had a a pretty decent system. Still, like, if you didn't pursue the romantic relationship, you couldn't really develop friendships with the characters. You couldn't really have those deep, intimate moments unless you were trying to have the sex with that character. So I think that's pretty nice. Because, I mean, I have quite a few people in my life that I, I feel like I have a pretty deep, intimate relationship with that has nothing to do with sex or sexual attraction. Just, we're good friends and we know a lot about each other and also people tend to open up to me because I'm a therapist so that feels nice uh, and then on in terms of like uh, how it handles progressive thinking in terms of like family units and how people approach their sexuality it doesn't make a big deal about anything like writer can flirt with whoever he or she wants to and the characters will be like um, oh actually I- I'm not into into girls that's very flattering but i'm not into girls or one of the alien characters is like you know i really appreciate it um but i'm not into uh humans you know i'm that's racist i'm into this alien race or you know and it's just like oh okay that's cool i didn't know and they were like well i mean how would you know without asking you know it's still flattering so it, it like it's not awkward nobody points anything out to anybody else like, oh, what What are you doing being this way? It's just like, okay, that's you're into dudes, or you're into chicks, and that's just who you are. We're not gonna let it affect anything else for the rest of the game, except you can't pursue them romantically because they're just not into you. And I think that's really cool, and mature. Uh, and then as far as, like, family units go, there's a few, exi- like, there's a trans person in the game that you find out is, is trans, um, and that's not a big deal. They just... You know they open up to you and tell you and you're like oh, okay that's cool i'm glad that you found you know what it was that made you happy and then there's a family that is a lesbian uh, obviously a lesbian female and then a gay man who are just really good friends and they want to raise a child and so they uh, choose to adopt a child and raise it just as a a cohabitating family and that's pretty cool that they don't you know, they acknowledge that there's other family structures out there than what's considered the traditional nuclear family of you know, mom, dad, and some kids. So it's, it's very progressive, and I like it. I mean, honestly, I'm making a bigger deal out of all of this stuff that the game does at all. It just is like, here it is, and it's how these people are, and it's fine. We're all just going to be in this big universe together and do cool stuff, and who really cares who you're attracted to as long as everybody's open and honest with everybody else. It, it's that very, like, it feels very much like the Star Trek idealized version of the future except about people's sexuality instead of, you know, humanity overcoming hunger, world hunger and war and stuff. And I'm okay with that. Small steps. That's uh that's pretty much what I had to say about Mass Effect Andromeda this week.
1: What? Hmm. Uh, uh, sorry, I just... Uh, I, maybe it's just mean to me. I just... Mass Effect Andromeda, i uh, especially since they've announced that you know, the series is pretty much dead, at least for the time being. I just kind of not really pay attention to it anymore.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I, I love it, but, you know, we're into different things, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, speaking of something different, how about Simple Planes? Okay. I spent a little bit of time with this as well, not really enough time to be able to crack it. Mostly because, well, it's very clear that it was originally a mobile game, m- due to just how the interface is handled, and it annoyed me. Uh, well, to give you an idea, uh, Simple Planes is uh, sim- uh, uh, essentially the the aircraft hangar from Kerbal Space Program. For, since we played uh, you know, a lot of Kerbal and Most of our listeners are still from Kerbal Cast, I would uh, would assume. So, in Simple Planes, the the key difference with how it handles things is that... Well, for one, it likes to make everything into a single part, essentially. So, you put down uh, the blocks instead of how Kerbal handles everything, where uh, you have a craft with, let's say, 50 or 60 parts... It's kind of just this uh, blob that's kind of glued itself together into a single mass. Which, for visual sense, it looks great. Now, what bugs the ever-loving hell out of me is putting an airplane together because it constantly was closing all the damn menus. Uh, To uh, make a plane, you have to get out the... Basic fuselage block and uh, put one down, then put another one down, put another one down. And for a you know, would just be mouse, you know, grab one, grab it, grab it, grab it. This, you know, open up the menu, scroll down, get, grab the block, put one down. Oh, uh, it closed. Uh, grab another one. I'm assuming that there's probably a hotkey to copy everything, but it just annoyed the ever-living hell out of me. And on top of that, well, uh, on top of that, also, it kept grabbing the wrong controller. I know irony, since we started the podcast of me recording the wrong microphone, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, the way my controller is handled is a little bit odd to begin with, because I use a DualShock 4 controller. And the way I have it set up in Windows is that Windows actually sees two controllers when when my controller is on. It sees my actual controller through the Bluetooth, but then it sees an emulated controller which is a Xbox 360 controller. And yes, yes, this does cause some problems, especially in games like Simple Planes. But the reason why I do this is that the software that runs the Xbox 360 emulated controller has a lot of options on how to change that controller. So I could go in and completely change the configuration of it. I could uh, add key binds to it. But it goes beyond that. I could change the curve of the thumbstick so that it's um it's not as a sharp of turn whatever we uh, my thumbstick for example. okay And for a, for a game like simple planes where you know you need very precise movement, you know it's one of those things that it's uh, I'm surprised that a lot more games don't have these days yeah you know, having it where you could change how the uh, thumbsticks are handled as a percentage based it's one of those things that is kind of a holdover from the joystick era i guess where you know joysticks were a lot more configurable in general uh, especially with how the access was uh, axes were handled but simple planes kept grabbing the wrong controller it would see movement on the uh, dualshock controller and it's like oh you're using this one now you're you aren't using the 360 controller and the dualshock controller is set up to have a lot smaller dead zone than what I'm used to so I kept having like a wiggle in my plane because I would move the uh, plane or move the thumbstick and it would be a a lot sooner of movement and a lot more precise of movement and I would would just constantly overcompensate Uh, and that was something else that kind of bugged me but that said all my annoyances with it I will say that Simple Planes is probably one of the best teaching tools to teach someone how airplanes work in general. Even better than Kerbal. Mostly because Kerbal has, well, at least last time I played, very little in the actual tutorial section on how airplanes fly and how they're constructed. Simple Planes had a rather lengthy tutorial. Granted, it was all just, yeah, uh, texts. uh Single pane you know uh if it was on the phone, yo, know, you would just swipe across it, but yo, know, it was clicking across of how airplanes fly, uh, how they're controlled, how they're constructed, and it was a lot more in depth than what I was expecting, and several planes is also not just a plane program because they have <laughs> the ability to make cars and tanks and stuff like that as well, which there, there was one screenshot that says. Wait a minute! Aren't we a tank, aren't we a plane game? Or
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's got like a, a Formula One car on it or something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, uh, granted, the maps are pretty small. They're typically just islands with a uh, you know endless sea around them. So it's not like uh, Microsoft Flight Sim where you're uh, flying from uh, one city to another and uh, all the uh, landscape in between. It's just, you yeah, know, you're flying around this one little island. Think of it as the, uh, air, the island base in Kerbal. It's once again a good analogy for it. That said, it, you know, if I could get past all the menu uh, problems, and in, in, my controller problems are mostly just uh, I have it set it up uh, well enough. I could go in and disable the, or hide the DualShock 4 controller from Windows altogether, but it requires a complete restart of that software. And I just didn't want to mess with it. Yeah. But it's, there's a lot more there than what I was really expecting, and there's a lot more challenges as well, like landing on an aircraft carrier, or taking off from an aircraft carrier. There's uh, ring races, you know. Uh, yeah. the Gameplay that Superman 64 could only dream of. so there's a lot there if you're interested in aircraft it's just it requires a bit of tolerance for a somewhat janky from mobile to pc port not a bad port it's just janky
0: yeah fair enough
1: speaking of janky games (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, so my next game, we're now out of the big boys and into the the yeah. smaller games that I played this week that I got off of Keymailer. Uh, Team Racing League.
1: Yeah, I got a review copy of this as well, and I saw the uh, just how many people are playing and realized, yeah, they're probably not worth my time.
0: Yep, this is one of those games that is online multiplayer only, and it's a tiny indie game, and nobody's playing it. Right now, there's one person playing it, and its all time peak was 25, which was probably launch day.
1: Because I think that's the probably day that launch they sent the, out. Probably all launch of their day keys. and all the keys. Yeah. So... Because I could go onto my list and probably tell you exactly what mm, I got mine. It will just take me a moment for that to load. Sure. Um, Let's see. I got it on the 11th.
0: Yeah, that's when I got it too, which I think was the day it launched. So. It's it's a hovercraft racing game uh that has got a whole bunch of like team specific like special like power-ups that you can do. Uh you can hook up with your teammate for example to provide oh, wow. We're an extra Talking about
1: more hooking up.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can hook up with your teammate to provide like extra boosts to them. Like all you do is boost. They're the one who's doing the driving and you can just sit there and constantly cycle your boosts to speed them up. Or you can team up with a – or hook up with another teammate to create like an energy field that whenever uh, the opposite team's cars fly through it, they explode. Uh, but your team goes through it unscathed. And that one's kind of difficult to do even in the training. But you know there's there's a few other little things that it does like that, which are pretty neat and might be fun if you could get a race with multiple people on it. Um, it actually controls really well the, I mean, you're basically drifting around every single corner, which once you kind of get it nailed down, is incredibly satisfying. Makes you feel like a total badass to just drift around an entire course and get a really good time. Um, but you know, it's, it's a multiplayer game. The only single player components to it are the training mode, which is, you know, tutorial and then time trial, which lets you just practice on a track and try and get the best time and you... You, after your first lap you race your ghost um, and it gets better and better until you can't beat your ghost anymore and I mean that's fun for a little bit I, I played this game for I don't know 45 minutes or so before I ha- kind of felt like I had the drifting mastered uh, and was bored of of practicing by myself and trying to find online games to no avail um, I've tried three times now to, to find online games to play the first time I logged on there were five people including me the second time there were two people including me and the last time i was the only person in the whole world playing this game so
1: and one is the loneliest number
0: it is so i mean it's i think it's a a fun cute little game that has some potential but it suffers from the we're gonna do an online only multi Uh, multiplayer indie game. That has no
1: marketing budget behind it whatsoever.
0: Yep. And it's it's also
1: a very small indie game.
0: Yeah, so it's got no player base or nothing, so.
1: It's probably, uh, is there any local play? Uh, no. Ooh. This would have been a game I would have expected had some sort of local uh, multiplayer on it as well.
0: I mean, they might add it at some point. It's in early access, but as of right now, there's no local multiplayer. It's online multiplayer only. And it says it's 1v1, 2v2, 3v3, so you would think that you might be able to get a game with the other one person, but uh, I mean, you can only just search for games and choose by region, and it never gave me a game, even when there were five people online. So yeah, I, don't, that's, I don't know.
1: That's disappointing. Uh, I guess that's going to be another uh, game that just sits in my library and is maybe farm for uh, cards, and that's about it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's really sad uh, to see indie games like this because, yeah, you know, there, there's definitely a market for them. It's just, yeah, there's countless numbers of them.
0: Yeah. If you could race with AI, like maybe do 1v1 races and the AI made up the other teammates, that might be okay. You know, maybe you could get some basic. Yeah, that's what I basic... it
1: was at first, you know, but uh, I guess not.
0: Nope. Or hell, even being able to just race by yourself against AI would be okay. But no, you can't. At least not at this stage.
1: Uh, disappointing. So, more disappointment? Sure, more disappointment. Oh, uh, Warfront Defenders. Westerplot? Palate? Westerplot? Oh, <laughs> uh, See, I'm not the only
0: one. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that word. I assume it's German. Because this is a World War
1: II game. Yeah, this is a World War II defense game, or at least from, oh, well, that's what they're calling it tactical defense mini game uh, based on World War II, and on the surface, it doesn't look bad, I mean t- just take a look at the screenshots, but then you start noticing, I mean th- this is early access though, so yeah there is a chance that they'll improve this, and this may be something I come back to and try later but It was one of those things that I littered up and I started looking at the map. And I'm not sure how many maps there are in this game. Because the one that they're showing in all the screenshots is the same one that I played that's the very first one. But it is an extremely ugly game once you get up close. There's a lot of very muddy textures. All the roofs on the houses... Are floating a few pixels above <laughs> the uh, the walls. Grand, oh, fun. You're, grand, you're not really supposed to look that you know, from, from that angle. But it's one of those that once I saw it, it's like, oh, this is not going to end well, and it didn't. Uh, I had on top of game or uh, on top of graphical issues, gameplay issues as well. The pathfinding in this game is atrocious. And in my opinion, when you release an early access, the game has to be at the very base level playable. That seems fair, right? I would agree. Okay. I uh, started by defense. Uh, and the Germans came in, came in uh, about a third of the map. And then I got shot at them. And they kind of. I assume it's supposed to be running, but. They take like three steps and then they suddenly move it like three times the speed until they're back to wherever they're uh, heading towards. There's no uh, uh, fluid uh, acceleration that makes it feel like they're running and there's no change in the animation outside of the walking animation just moving a lot faster. And it made it so that it felt like the game was rubber banding the uh, units back. On top of that, you have a battleship that's constantly shooting at your guys that you can't deal with whatsoever. So you can see on one of the screenshots there's this giant you know, red circle of death. Which often forces you to move units that, you know, for no reason whatsoever. Oh, and if you try to use uh, this little thing called cover in a tactical defense game, your units are not smart enough to be able to fire over the cover if you know, it's like at chest level there's a, <laughs> yeah yeah at the beginning of the level uh let's see if one of the screenshots could show it really well uh yeah on the first screenshot there's a bunch of boulders and they're about chest level you would think okay tactical game they would uh either you know, uh, lean around the boulders or fire over the boulders nope not in the slightest <laughs> They'll just stand there and wait for the enemy to come around the boulder... ...so the boulder doesn't offer any cover anymore... ...and then start shooting. <laughs> in theory, sometimes uh, they're clipping into the boulder... ...and they don't shoot at all. As a matter of fact, I had one of my guys die... ...because I was trying to move him up to, a ho- to one of the houses in the middle of the map... ...and I guess I clicked on the wall of the house... ...so he was uh, standing in place... Trying to run to the uh, target that was inside the boundaries of the house, and the clipping was preventing him from from getting to it. And I couldn't select him because he was currently in motion. So he was standing there, running into the fucking wall, while the uh, while the Germans shot him to death.
0: That poor little Polish boy. I I looked it up. It's it's Polish, not German. Okay. Wiesterplatte.
1: Well, depending on your time in history, it's the same thing. (laughs) Sick burn? (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Sorry. I apologize. Sorry, Sorry, chemist. He's very sorry. (laughs) Uh, It's just one of those things that... uh, There's potential here. Because usually... This isn't a tower defense game. It's a tactical defense game. And there's uh, yeah places here where they could improve it, but it's just such a rough start that I think it's going to not really get a lot of traction. I mean, great it is getting highly rated by the handful of people that's uh, rating it, but part of me thinks that you know, you know, these are uh, friends of the producers, <laughs> yeah. Because I immediately had uh, pathic issues. I immediately had cover issues. I immediately had uh, soldiers not doing what they were supposed to. Uh, the upgrade system is kind of janky to begin with. The, uh, you have a countless number of troops that you could uh, uh, summon but there's no binding boxes. Well, you can bind box uh, select but you can't do any grouping whatsoever. So yeah, you would think that they would take some uh, thoughts or some gameplay elements from RTS and be able to, okay, this is going to be my primary defensive guys and uh, they'll be group one and uh, especially since you have to move the units and oh, I would say probably five seconds of time to get out of Red Circle of Death from the uh, warship, you would be able to have groups of units that you could quickly uh, select all and uh, move them out. No, you can't. You have to bomb box them and that's assuming that the pathing works because like I said I had the pathing uh, either b- break altogether or I've had pathing uh, clip onto buildings I had the pathing uh, just kind of rubber band people around it's just unplayable or uh, I should say unplayable to someone of my high standards I guess because yeah there's five positive reviews of this game don't ask me how well, you want to talk about a game that's
0: so bad that I think it's a piece of shit?
1: I didn't know that it, it, that existed.
0: Yeah. So my next game, Tech Wars Online Two. This game. What they made a sequel? Utter, yeah, I don't. I didn't know there was a, a Tech Wars Online. This game is utter garbage. <laughs> it's broken as fuck. It's unplayable. As a turd. It looks like a turd. It sounds terrible. It's full of, of grammar and spelling errors. In the text that's readable. The actual like spoken dialogue. What little of it exists in the game. Is just atrocious. Both quality wise. And in delivery. Like the audio quality is bad. And someone's just sitting there reading. Off of their script or whatever. just Just reading it. It's terrible. This game is terrible. It's uh, it's an online multiplayer game only. Uh, How and many players? The online multiplayer doesn't work. I had there was enough players online that I was able to find a game. Um, well,
1: that beats uh, Team Racing League.
0: Yeah, it says that eleven was its all time peak on uh, uh, Steam enhanced. I'm not. I'm, I mean, I don't know if you can play this game not through Steam, but I mean, I got into a game immediately um, and there were a couple of other active games that I could see listed so I don't know maybe that you can like just download it or it it's just bad it's just unplayably bad uh, it was it it won't run at 60 FPS no matter what I did to it even in the training mode where I was just by myself walking around the best I could get was 55 frames a second and as soon uh, as is
1: it locked to 55 maybe. No, it's not. Well, well I was it, saying that that's the, you know, the maximum.
0: Uh No, I had the frame rate set to unlocked in the options menu. Um,
1: oh, you're but, assuming that the option menu actually is uh, telling the truth.
0: Fair enough. The rest of the game was so utterly broken. I wouldn't expect the options menu to work properly either. But, like, standing, <laughs> I'm
1: just reading the reviews. <laughs> there were so many positive reviews. Yeah,
0: I know. It's uh, these people must. I don't know if they've been paid or if they don't want to like. Great game, anything. like
1: a top-down Hawken
0: <laughs> No, definitely not. <laughs> not at all. Unless your only uh, your only qualifier is that it has robots in it. In which case, yeah, sure. the The oh. robot customization makes no. Say- it's just bad. Everything about this game is bad. It's bad technically. It's designed badly. The audio quality is bad. It's full of spelling errors. It runs like garbage. As soon as I got into a multiplayer match, uh, 32 FPS. And then as soon as I started moving and people started shooting, it became a slideshow. Like, 7, 8 FPS. terrible. Just the worst. I hate it. I installed it immediately.
1: <laughs> you know it's bad whenever you're sounding like me.
0: This is the worst game I've played this year. It's probably going to be the worst game of the year when we do our end of the year roundup like our our awards episode this game is probably gonna win worst game of the year for me that's how bad it was wow it was so bad i
1: I felt dirty afterwards (laughs) wow you feeling dirty now that's an accomplishment
0: it's terrible no one buy or play this game
1: well the fun part is i have a review copy of this Typically, whenever you get a review copy, I have a review copy as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to torture yourself or see if they've improved it at all, but there hasn't been an update since July 17th, so... Oh, apparently there's Swords, according to this. Damage of Swords update, new. Damage of Swords. I don't don't know what that means, but...
1: Well, have you heard? uh, Swords of Damage.
0: Oh, this is it. New update available. Corrected the balance of weapons and fixed several bugs. New. Damage of swords. Swords. Flame effects. Auto search of surfer with best bang. That's the entire patch notes. <coughs> Great patch notes, guys. Yeah, it's the, terrible. The best. It's terrible. At least it has trading cards, so I'll get a few trading cards out of this piece of, of hot garbage.
1: <laughs> you know a game is bad Whatever you sound like me. Yeah. The
0: gameplay is slow. The mechs are too slow, the weapons feel useless, aiming is atrocious, it's just bad. I'm I mean,
1: just... I, I, I actually prefer my mechs to be, you know, uh, the mech warrior style of slow stompy over, uh, I think it was, I think it was Hawkin that had the, you know, super fast, you know, it didn't really feel like you were on a mech.
0: Well, see, I prefer the mech warrior style as well, but the way that it's done, it's like you're slow, but you feel powerful. It, you know, it feels yeah, weighty. But this is just, like, zombie shuffling. I mean, if you go look at the video, you can see the the mechs kind of shuffling around. It's just ter- it's terrible. It's terrible. I think yeah, that they need I, I... to be fast for this type of game, but they're not. They're slow. It's, it's the worst. I hate it. Please save me with another game.
2: <laughs>
0: Even if your next game sucks, at least I don't have to keep talking about this piece of shit anymore. <laughs>
1: about... I I like the angry pants. I I see what you mean about whenever I wear them. Okay, so I guess uh, my last game. uh, This is one I picked up on mobile. I'll I'll wait for the collective gasp. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, this is one I uh, saw as a recommended game whenever I was picking up another app. And it's... it's skin the game, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) This is a well, it doesn't really make it sound like it on uh, the store page, but it's a clicker about okay. a, a anime girl who is adrift on a raft in a, essentially a flooded world, and you're going around fishing.
0: <laughs> There's fishing in it. Yeah. You like fishing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things that it, it's something that you could waste a little bit of time on. It's not exactly the most deep of game, not see why i did that deep fishing yeah. uh, but uh, it's it, it definitely like i said it's skinner box the game because yo, know, it is a clicker game so it's you know, you're sitting there tapping uh getting your all the numbers up all, uh, you're getting uh, incremental rewards you're uh, uh, it's after watching that extra credits episode it kind of ruined a lot of mmos for me now that i really could see that uh, mechanic and you know, that, that's the clicker genre in general as well and I was hoping that this would be a lot more of an, of an RPG than that this is uh, centered around essentially just dressing up your anime girl and I'm really selling this game to you aren't I
2: <laughs> yes
1: uh, and uh, dressing up your raft and uh, improving your raft and going to go collect bigger and better fish I mean if you want a game that is you know, uh, just about that that's fine If you want something that you could waste a couple minutes on and get a little bit of progression on, because you do level up fast, your rank goes up fairly quickly. Uh, I did notice that, uh, firing it up just before the show started to check a couple things to, to remind myself, all the timers stop whenever you're not playing, except for the daily login, of course, because yeah, of course it has a daily login so uh there's an alchemy system and there's a roulette system the alchemy is, allows you to get a certain uh, uh certain uh, currencies as a as a chance and the roulette is essentially spin the wheel and you get a random amount of mastery which is used to improve certain skills or unlock certain skills and the fish cakes that you get for uh collecting uh, random fish you also improve certain skills or unlock uh other skills that and eventually you get to the point where you can auto-fish somewhat and uh, deal a certain amount of damage to the fish because it's not actual fishing. It's the, you know, you hook the fish uh, and then you're tapping it until uh, you... Uh, you're tapping it into submission. <laughs> okay. Tap, that fish. Yeah, essentially. And the unlocks uh, just add your damage. It's one of those things that... Like I said, if you're looking for a clicker game that's kind of cute, it, uh, this definitely uh, sorts it out. And you can see the on the screenshots, if you go check it out, uh, some of the progression, just uh, how the uh, world uh, changes based on where you are and how you've upgraded your raft and uh, your looks as well. Because you can make your little anime girl more cute, give her a little sailor suit that gives her better stats, and then sail around a ruined, uh, flooded world. Yeah, Waterworld world style. It, it, yeah, it's sort of an inverse bad max because you do uh, go from Japan to uh, Australia very quickly and you know, Australia has all the water. It, it's global warming to the extreme.
0: Sounds interesting, extreme global warming.
2: Extreme.
1: Yeah, it turns out it's a documentary game. <laughs> But uh, uh, not, um, once, uh, once again, uh, it's kind of the theme for my uh, games this week. Not a terrible lot to talk about. It's, yeah, it, you want a clicker game, there you go.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: awesome. And uh, my, I have a feeling your last game is not going to have a lot of death either.
0: Yeah, my final game is Kingdoms and Castles. I said Boy, a couple this weeks seems ago. Boy, com-
1: this seems familiar.
0: I, I said a couple <laughs> weeks ago that I was going to check this out after you talked about it, and I discovered I had a review key. Um it's it's cute it's fun for a little bit but i mean exactly what you said last time you get an hour and a half two hours in and you're like oh this is all there is i've basically progressed and unlocked everything and it just becomes how long do i want to sit here and babysit all of my people and
1: yeah and just keep
0: expanding to take over the whole map
1: yeah and the uh Defense is essentially tower defense. You're not running your armies around or anything. Uh, well, you do eventually get to that, but you know, it's very basic.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you get those hero units or whatever that they are. Yeah, but... but I mean, you know, there's, uh, it's still super... It's just point them here, and they go fight the whoever, and they win or they die. There's no tactical anything to it. And the tower fact, defense I'll, portion is easier anyways.
1: Yeah, and a matter of fact... Uh, it, for being a game about building a castle and building walls and that sort of thing, the best defense I've found uh, in my time playing it was to build your tower as tall as possible and then plop, yeah you know, whatever whatever uh, tower on top of it so it ha- covers your entire map and yeah, there you go. Yep. Which, uh, which, which you know, in a game about a medieval style uh, village and you know castles having skyscrapers seems a little immersion breaking
2: yeah
0: yeah i mean me and you came to the same conclusion apparently for how to basically make your your place invincible giant couple of towers in the middle of the map you put one with an archer thing on it and one with a ballista on it and you're good i mean maybe on the harder difficulties or something it would be more difficult where you know you might lose but i was just playing on normal and yeah, I that's what I was doing.
1: And, uh, and you saw pretty much uh, yeah, me going into it not realizing it wasn't an early access game. You could see where I thought, yeah, this is a nice space for a game. Yeah,
0: I felt the same way too. Like, oh, this is a nice, like, you know, alpha, you know, proof of concept or maybe like early beta. You know, they've got some more features planned. But no, I, I knew going in it was it was fully developed and... I felt exactly the same way. There's also really no repercussions for if things start to go wrong. Yeah. As long as you don't get completely wiped out, you're fine. Your population will, I mean, everything stays in the same place and your population will slowly work its way back up. Happiness was the only thing that was of any issue to me. Cause I, I kind of built that. I kind of built too tightly, you know, like trying to be efficient with everything. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't put down any structures that increased my happiness but I mean, I just ripped up a couple of buildings and plopped down like a town square, and I was on a pretty, uh, pretty heavy water map. So I just kind of expanded out into the water because you can build the what are they called, piers or something? Yeah. And you can build on top of those. And it's like you plop down a couple of taverns on the piers, and oh, I
1: didn't know that you could uh, build on the piers. I, I never uh, had to, uh, issue with land to even deal with that because yeah, you know, there was just so little. I, I do still really like the art style, though. Particularly yeah. the dragon. I thought the dragon was really well done.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I definitely agree. The art style is good. I like the dragons and the Viking ships and everything, but... And, I mean, you know, in general, I like the art style. But yeah, after like 90 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm bored with this because there's nothing else to do. And I've basically won. Because I've <laughs> repelled two... Dra- it's like I've repelled two dragons and two Viking invasions. And I've only taken up, like, a quarter of the map. So, basically, I would just be expanding out to take over the whole map.
1: Yeah, the only real thing uh, that I had trouble with was the ogre, but that was, you know, just put down another tower and I'm done.
0: Yeah. I didn't actually uh, see the ogre, but... uh,
1: The ogre comes with the uh, Viking invasions eventually, if you hit a certain uh, population threshold, I think.
0: Okay. My population was, like, a hundred and... Well, when I finished, it was like a hundred and fifty, but it hovered uh, around a hundred for a long time.
1: I know I went over a hundred. I'm not sure if I went over two hundred. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to my glo- to the global stats. Uh, well, I only have the uh, achievement for a hundred, but I'm not sure if there's one for two hundred or not. But because you know, it does say a certain number of uh, for each achievement, and it doesn't say which ones. Yeah. It, but I did get the Slayer of Ogres achievement. So uh, it's one of those things that uh, it, this should have been an early access. This is the No Man's Sky syndrome. I like that No
0: Man's Sky syndrome. N M S S No Man's Sky syndrome.
1: Where you know it's a it's a fairly decent base game with no real content whatsoever, and maybe a hatches will uh, uh, fix it. And they do have a development roadmap. Let's see. Uh, in development now, merchants and ports. Build a port and merchant ships will dock and allow buying and selling of goods. Sometimes they'll even have special upgrades for your town and castle. Why well, is that uh, in the original build? Let's see. Twitch yeah. integration. Because of course this needs Twitch integration. Uh, a hero system a special. you hero you have direct control over. Okay. Special map features. Maps have a chance to reveal a secret feature for your kingdom to contend with or advantage or take advantage of. Things like bandit camps or ancient ruins. VR support because why the fuck not? Yeah, this is uh, this feels like feature creep. Oh, and of course, people are wanting <laughs> multiplayer. Why multiplayer in this? Why?
0: Yeah, why? VR might be kind of neat. Like this could be one of those experiences. Like oh, I'm just gonna like lean over the table and check out my whole. Oh, look that cute little dragon flying around hey dragon let me just zoom in on you but I mean I don't there's Tap I don't to think drag it to drag would... to death <laughs> waggle it to death with your your controller Drag oh, so the that's where you these it. days yeah i'm waggling but yeah I mean it's fun but it's very clearly feels unfinished and after you know an but, but, hour, the, but this had a successful
1: minutes. fig ca- uh, ca- uh campaign and it's the darling of uh the fig platform
0: well good for them
1: i really don't understand how this game has very positive uh reviews at 82 percent with 1500 reviews i do not understand that Me I, I mean everyone's praising how casual it is i mean are we just not getting it is this is this a game that's just not for us
0: maybe not i mean i i enjoyed what i played of it, it there's just no real goal i mean well, within
1: well with to be public, fair uh, town builders don't really need a goal but there's no beat on the it's my problem
0: there's no yeah well i mean there's no like end game
1: <laughs> there's uh, there, there's no real production I mean, yeah. you get, I mean, you get the mines, but you know they're a constant uh, production source, and you know there's no reason to worry about. Okay, well, what's going to happen when this mine runs out? How am I going to continue with this? There's uh, no real supply chains. Uh, you have your uh, your forester uh, feed the char- charcoal maker, if I recall correctly, and the charcoal maker makes all the charcoal for the, the town, which spontaneously catches on fire. So why do they need charcoal to stay warm anyway, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it just randomly catches on fire all the time.
1: Yeah, which the charcoal just,
0: maker also takes charcoal to the the tools. Uh, the, yeah, Well, I, I was
1: about to say yeah. the blacksmith, and the blacksmith also takes iron from the mine. And that's about it for the for the chains. Uh, I do know that there's a bakery, but I couldn't figure out why I would need the bakery unless that's just a happiness building.
0: Yeah the 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 bakery is like more efficient storage of your food. But you don't really need that because if your yeah, food production you, is high enough, everybody yeah, get just fu- gets
1: food. Yeah, you get food from uh, you know, uh, farms like crazy, and the thing is that your farmers are you know hit maximum level within a year or two. So your farms, unless you have absolutely shipped farm la- farmland, uh, are producing enough for you know, your entire town twice over.
0: Yeah, because I think each baked bread is worth five food, whereas if you just bring in the grain, it's worth one food. Ah. per unit but uh, you know a granary is super cheap to store grain in and then yeah, the yeah thing, like you said yeah,
1: your only real problem would be in storage because the uh the farms have to dr- uh drag all the food over to you know a nearby granary but you know if you build your farmland uh, properly and have it where uh the farms all feed into the granary, which far- feeds into a market, which I guess is another production chain. Hey, we're up to three now. Woo! Yeah. Ho- holy shit. Uh, nearly as many as Banished. And, and the thing is, uh, I criticize Banished for being simplistic. <laughs> holy shit.
0: Yeah. And honestly, you don't really need the, the tools maker guy. I mean, like when tools are successfully made, like they can be taken to one of the mines or the tree,
1: Um, Yeah, see, I was just assuming that, you know, tools were like uh, in Banner Square if you didn't have tools that, you know, you were doomed. No,
0: they just give boosts, production boosts for, you know, like one tool is consumed and for, you know, X amount of time, they'll produce faster. That's it. And you don't need that anyways, because your minds put out so much. And as your as your peasants level up, they have even higher production stats. I mean, I was never out of anything ever.
1: Well, until the next Halo game comes out, then your peasants all have ship production for a while.
0: (laughs) Um, I see what you did there, but, anyways, yeah, it's. uh, I was like constantly like, oh, I'm full on all this stuff. Uh, I guess I need to build another. uh, What were the resource like a a resource shed or whatever it was that they were called? Yeah. Um. You know, so I was constantly running out of space because I had too many resources. I was spending like crazy, like, let me make this big tower, let me make this big wall, let me build all this stuff I don't really need. Like, I might go over there, I guess I'll just build a whole road road system over there.
1: Yeah, when I did my video on this, I just did a very basic town starting off with, because uh, my uh, town I was touring around with, you know, just looked terrible, because I, you know, I was building these massive towers. Yeah. But maybe I should have showed that off. I don't know. To just show how the tower defense kind of just revolves around a handful of buildings. And if you want to make the place look pretty like uh, in the screenshots, you can. It's just there's no real point to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason that I'm even, like, halfway considering going back. Like, I I didn't really make, like, a proper looking town. I went for, like, full-blown efficiency and crammed everything in together. But it might be kind of fun to make a medieval town for, like, an hour
1: Yeah, but if you're going to do that, just fire it Banished.
0: I don't have Banished.
1: Oh, there's your problem. (laughs) I I think Banished is a better medieval town simulator. Granted, it doesn't have a combat uh, component to it.
0: I mean, honestly, if I'm going to play a game like this, I'm just going to open Transport Fever.
1: Different type of game.
0: I mean, it's the same basic type of game.
1: Uh, that's more revolving around, you know, transporting stuff, isn't it? This isn't really that. I
0: mean, it it felt more similar than more different to me because of how simple it was.
1: Ah, okay.
0: That's the thing. Like, I mean, complex city and town builders are a completely different type of genre. But I just felt like, I was like, okay, do I have enough ro- roads to make sure all my grain makes it back? Do I have, like, yeah, which, this or oh, that? Like,
1: the, I had the roads break on me uh, during my playtest where... You know, People were just cutting across the land.
0: Yeah, or they wouldn't build the roads either. I had that happen a few times. Like, I'd put... The, the roads were the only thing that I was building, and they would just ignore little sections of road. That's like, well, what are you guys doing? Build the road. Or bridges. They would swim instead of building the bridge.
1: <laughs> i like don't even bother with the bridges. The
0: fucking bridge is right there. Just walk across it. Build the rest of it they would leave sections out of the bridge and just swim instead of, of finishing the bridge.
1: Stupid Sort of so, so like how the game is. You know, not finished. hey the, the basic structure's there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to swim across the ocean instead of finishing my bridge. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really all I have to say about it. We talked about it longer than I thought we would, honestly.
1: Mostly because we both played it. Yeah. And shared about the same uh, results. I was hoping maybe that you would have been a little bit more kinder to it, you know, and uh, proved me that, you know, maybe this is a more casual city builder and I'm coming into it from Rimworld that's has, you know, like 80 mods on top of it making it even more fucking complex, but, no?
0: No, it's just it's I mean, it is a simple city builder, but it's boring because it's too simple for someone like me who has played lots of city builders and management games and tycoon games and stuff. There's just nothing to do.
1: Maybe it's uh, for the people that uh, are like, "Huh, so that's what a house is like."
0: <laughs> I I mean this
1: would probably wait, be wait, a good like Wait, you grow like, food? Holy shit.
0: This would probably be like a good like babies first uh city builder. Okay,
1: uh, uh we just we just found uh the market. Go get king
0: I'm not going to go wake up my kid. I will okay, show it fine, to him, though. Fine,
1: he can wait until the morning.
0: Next time we play games, I'll show it to him. He probably won't like it.
1: <laughs> uh, not uh, enough explosions.
0: Yeah, not enough explosions, or uh, cute animals, or...
1: Or drains. anime boobies.
0: I've never showed him anime boobies before.
1: Well, I kind of figured that because you're still alive, Katie would probably kill you.
0: Yeah, that's probably <laughs> Definitely illegal Because that would count as pornography Showing pornography to a minor It's definitely illegal So I'm not going to do that Yet I'll let him find it on his own when he's a little bit older
1: Yeah, he needs to you know Be at least five for that Yeah, definitely
0: Okie dokie Well, that was a good like Two hour discussion, nearly Yeah, really about about games. Games. I, I knew we'd go longer. Um, I need to take a quick break, my good sir. All right. We're back to now move on to the news. Yay. Our first news topic for the day, which this should have been really pertinent a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the value of games. Uh indie games are too damn cheap.
1: Yeah, this is an editorial from uh it was from spy if I recall correctly. You do recall correctly. Hey. First time for everything.
0: Yeah. So the general gist You're not supposed of the... to agree with that. <laughs> The general gist of the article is that um, indie video games are much cheaper comparatively to other indie products that exist in other entertainment mediums like film and, and books, uh, although film is the the direct comparison that is made. Um, yeah, which and it, I'm
1: not sure if I agree with, but we'll get into that in a moment.
0: Yeah, and that uh, essentially it's hurting the market by having these games be cheaper. And they're making unsustainable projects because you know even if a game sells twenty or thirty thousand copies at only four bucks a copy at the end of the day that's not a lot of money unless you're a one man or one woman show you know because you have your bills to put pay and employees to pay and all that sort of stuff so um i mean i'm I'm simplifying a lot here, but I mean that's I feel like that's the gist of what the article is saying. Do you agree, disagree anything you want to add well oh, I don't
1: think it's a fair comparison, mostly because well, you're comparing indie st- uh, indie game or indie games to indie independent movies, and those aren't exactly the same things uh, in general. My idea is that indie games, or at least the small budget games that he's talking about, mostly. I mean, this is mostly bordering on the steam direct garbage up to you know about mid-range on quality for indie games because indie games do go above the well he was talking mostly about the ten dollar sub price tag this is more like the student film area to me instead of a full independent movie okay where this these are Yes, there are studios here, but a lot of them are passion projects. A lot of them are games that are made in spare time for people. This is their full-time job. So I'm not sure if yeah, you know, comparing this to movies is a very apt comparison.
0: Yeah, as far as I know, there's nobody who makes movies in their spare time. Like, if you're going to make an indie movie, then you're going to put together a crew and a cast and all that jazz spend a couple of months or so filming and doing everything i've actually worked on a couple of indie movies uh when i was in college i had a friend who was a a film major and uh yeah and how uh,
1: and how many of those do you have to have certain bits blurred if it's going to be put on youtube
0: all of them uh i actually starred in one of his indie movies and then the rest of them i just worked as crew because i'm a really bad (laughs) actor guys really bad. I told him that too. You, you know, like, I'm a bad actor.
1: You know that you're bad whenever you flunk out of an indie movie? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I either way overact everything or just I mean, I'm a bad actor. I took one theater class when I was a kid. That's all of the experience I have. Um, But anyway, so I've, I've worked on a couple indie projects, indie, movie, indie film projects, and you know, you spend two or three months shooting the whole thing, then another month or two editing the whole thing And then, you know, you turn it in for your project at school or you submit it to a film fest and, you know, it goes up and people ooh and ah or boo and, you know, that's it. And nothing that I ever worked on became a commercial project. It was all film projects or passion projects. But, you know. But it was also
1: the full-time job for uh, those people.
0: Yeah, yeah. For that amount of time, that was what they did. They were working on that movie, sun up to sundown, 40 hours a week or more.
1: Meanwhile, an indie developer, you know, comes home from work and you know works on their project for a couple hours, coding or you know uh, doing a little bit of art. In uh, the meantime, maybe during their break, uh, sketch on something. It's not a fair comparison to begin with, is it?
0: No, it's not. Even in the paid realm of indie movies, I mean, most indie movies that go on to be successes and make money typically become sort of those cult classic movies or they get picked up like john wick for example uh, was an indie movie project um that was a combination of a passion project and a personal project between some some different actors and things and it was really high quality and a movie studio picked it up and now it's getting its own cinematic universe the Mm -hmm. john wick 2 came out recently and there's another movie coming out set in the john wick universe it's like and John lots Wick of any, one and a
2: half,
0: yeah. Uh, John Wiki, where you just sit at the hotel that's in the movie. And no, no, I think no, I
1: guys. think John Wickie, they uh, pull the audience to fill out the universe. <laughs>
0: um, and John Wick may be not so great of an example because Keanu Reeves was, I mean, one of the main people behind getting that movie. I mean, I'd
1: be I mean, comparing that. It'd be like Doctor Horrible.
0: Yeah, I think Doctor Horrible would be. A pretty good comparison too but i mean dr horrible was popular and made money and it's you know through contracts and things like that to put it on streaming services um i guess my comparison with john wick is more like uh these classic game devs going to kickstarter you know the bigger ones like the castlevania guy or how
1: uh director's cut from pan Gillette. yeah yeah I mean, that's an independent movie that was made that through Kickstarter, but yeah, and that was still a huge project. That wasn't something that he was doing all that much in his spare time.
0: Yeah, or Laser Team from Rooster Teeth. Um, that might be a little bit bigger scale, but still, it's the same sort of thing. They kickstarted the movie. It was an independent production. It actually didn't do very well in theaters outside of the, the RT fan base because it's not that great of a movie. it's like it's a bad movie and in some places it's so bad it's good but in general it's just a pretty bad movie but anyways i digress we're talking about movies now yeah welcome to the film portion of the podcast
1: (laughs) yeah grab your popcorn
0: so anyways i i i think i disagree on pretty much everything that he said in terms of like his opinions i mean i'm not saying like I don't necessarily think he's wrong i just have a different viewpoint than he does because
1: let's agree to disagree yeah i'm almost wanting to make that a vgl commandment
0: (laughs) that's that's a pretty good one actually um i think a lot of these games that are that are super cheap though are games that are that you would consider like i don't know the trash like the popcorn trash of other genres like the visual novels is i think the easiest one to make this comparison to yeah there's a lot of cheap
1: well hell we talked about one earlier
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of cheap visual novels popping up, and you think, oh, that's a problem, blah, 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 blah. But you go look at like romance novels or whatever that you can buy for $4. The holoquine. Yeah, yeah. There's tons of examples of that in other media, and I think just as gaming continues to mature, you're going to get those sort of things.
1: And also the visual novel is also a really good uh, comparison because a lot of these games are built around the same tool or two to and it's they, just putting assets into it. Which, you know, sounds horrible whenever you uh, say it like that because there's the whole sub-genre of the asset flipper usually with the Unity engine, which there was a very interesting talk about uh, asset flippers and uh, how engines are uh, viewed in one of the recent Cray and Crowbar podcasts how you know, people kind of scoff at the Unity engine because so many asset flippers have use the free version of Unity, and it broadcast, this is a Unity game at the very beginning of this absolutely piece of garbage.
0: Yeah, but there's a lot of great games that have been designed Kerbal. using Unity too. Yeah, Kerbal, uh, Hearthstone was made in I believe Firewatch. Yeah, I think Firewatch is too. But like they use the nice paid version and don't have to say it's a Unity mm-hmm. game.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: The VGL pod, or not VGL pod, that's us, VGL Podcast. <laughs> the the co optional <laughs> podcast had that exact conversation as well a couple of months ago.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, as Steam Direct brings more and more of the trash indie games in, it's going to be more apparent that you know, there may be a bit of a problem with free unity, how it's perceived. And it's uh, it sounds like a completely unrelated topic here, but it's really not because. All these very, very cheap games brings down the average, and that's what the key point of this is. The first paragraph is, an average indie title these days is priced at $8.72 on Steam. During the last Steam summer sale, the price went down to a mind-bogglingly $4.63, and yet the average sales are at their lowest price at uh, 21,000 copies. I don't think that's
0: true. I, I mean, it might be true. Like, if you take all indie games and average them yeah, that's, together, yeah, I that's
1: the that's thing. That, yeah. But well, he's talking ahead. about in uh, massive general numbers, and uh, uh, this is well, it wasn't Steam Direct at this point. I mean, uh, Steam Direct is kind of the boogeyman right now, and partly rightly so, but partly not. Where, yeah, if you average out, well, a hundred and a zero, you average to a fifty right
0: yeah yeah i think on true i think the the average whenever you take a look at sort of like okay what are the the your sort of popcorn trash games what are your student projects that these people are trying to make up a quick buck on like once you get all the sort of the the junk out of the way and you get to the sort of um the good the interesting games the ones that are you know well thought out and put together and advertised and all that jazz i think your your average game price is probably going to be somewhere closer to 20 to 25 dollars okay well well, which feels about right for most indie games in general
1: well i think it really also depends on the scope and the age of the game that's also something that's not really considered here that's true i'm on the steam store page games under five dollars Okay, I have two games here that are on sale, and they're both uh, hexa cells, uh, so we'll just disregard those. Um, Dungeons of Dreadmore, a uh, pretty old uh, roguelike, uh, but also a very niche title. That's four ninety-nine. um, V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V, or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's four ninety nine, but also a nice title. It's a very difficult uh, platformer with a was it an Atari aesthetic? Pony Island, another nice title. Quake, which is just an absolutely ancient game. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, some of these are being yeah, it's bringing down the average. Um, let's see, Guacamelee. Well, that's a four, That's fifteen dollars, but it's on sale right now for five dollars. So.
0: Yeah, and is several years old at this point too.
1: Yeah, and it, it's had what three, four different editions. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's starting to get close to what uh, Street Fighter Two is. Uh, five nine at Freddy's. So there you go, five bucks. YouTube bait.
0: Yeah, brother's a Tale of Two Sons. It's on sale for three bucks right now. That, but I mean, that game's four years old, and it's
1: also know? a very short title. Yeah. So I think a part of this is. Oh well here you go general dolchastic 5 bucks but i think uh, some of this is yeah you know, just niche titles that has to stand out somewhere and they can't really compete with okay well we're going to be a 15 dollar title but yeah you know, there's a another game that's very similar to it that you know is 10 bucks yeah which you know, partly it's coming down to just how the steam store is an absolute mess of trying to find something yeah, I'm uh, well here. Uh, Railroad Tycoon Two Platinum five bucks.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean a lot of these are older titles as well, and, and that's yeah. You know, another flip side of this is just you know, uh, as games age, unless it's an Activision game, the price goes down. Yeah, yeah,
0: I, 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 I sort I agree with the general sentiment that he's making like the very broad point of you know sometimes indie games undersell themselves because they want to try and sell more copies and they could probably justify charging a little bit more like i i agree with that very overarching point like indie games should try to find what their appropriate value is and and sell at that um and they they're in some ways selling themselves short if they don't yeah, but, but on the flip the side that of that is
1: that, you know, you're going to be lost in a sea of indie games and, you know, you ha- have to try to ma- get as many sales as possible.
0: Yeah, I just, I mostly just disagree with the methodology and um, some of the very, like, some of the more specifics of it. Like, I get the overall sentiment, but I feel like I'm extrapolating a bit. And honestly, I might be improperly interpreting what he's what he's saying because it seems pretty pointed,
1: yeah, and almost a little inflammatory as well.
0: Yeah, the title definitely makes it seem a little bit more.
1: Uh, I will admit that I did click on this for the title, uh, and it is a bit clickbait to begin with. Uh, but yeah, I'm just going through this. Oh, uh, what the box? Uh, five dollar game. It's essentially a uh, hide and seek. Uh, it's a multiplayer only title. Yeah, five bucks. And there's really no player base for it. A normal lost phone, a mobile uh, 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 port. So, for three bucks. So, yo, it's. I could definitely see where he's coming from looking at these and saying, "Well, these are some great games are sub at the sub five dollar range, but uh, yeah, a lot of them are here for a reason."
2: Yeah.
0: Like deep space waifu. $1.39. $1.39. And you know what? That might be too much for this game.
1: Well, what about Save Jesus? $0.49. Cents.
0: Save Jesus?
1: Yeah, he's I'm... 75% off right now. Turns out uh, Jesus does save and take half damage. Hey, but uh, but here's the thing, is that sa- you could get Save Jesus even full price a lot cheaper than Make America Great Again, the Trump pres- presidency.
0: Yay. that is my level of enthusiasm and interest on that topic tonight so yeah i don't think i have anything else to add i agree with the overall sentiment i disagree with the methodology and i disagree with some of the finer or more specific points that he's made ultimately though i mean it's up to these devs to to make that choice like do we you know sell for less sell for more what type of game are we making and how much money do we realistically think we can get for Mm -hmm. it and as someone who's not a game dev and has never developed anything in his life, aside from that rash that one time, <laughs>
1: yeah, but you uh, know, yeah. You know, some o- ointment uh, cleared that right up. Yeah, it just makes you a carrier, though. Yep. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I do think that you know he's looking at this at a from a angle that b- makes it a little bit more. the problem worse than what it is because he's not considering the part-time game dev yes there are a lot of uh independent game devs that do it full-time but i do think in the sub ten dollar range which is seems to be his big deal and the fact that he applauds jonathan blow for selling his uh uh thing at what was it forty (laughs) dollars it's kind of uh, I think you may have picked the wrong game there. What about you? <laughs> maybe because that doesn't. I, don't... I, I, I maybe it's just me, but the Witness didn't seem like one of those games that really stood up for the price tag.
0: Yeah, I just, I just don't know much about the Witness. I mean, it, it's
1: it's overly pretentious. Also known as a Jonathan Blow game.
0: <laughs> is that that puzzle game? With yeah,
1: with the big uh, ol- with all the lines. Uh, it's essentially a line puzzle game over and over again.
2: Yeah. On an
1: island. Yeah, that's the one that he's applauding for the price tag. <laughs> Mark's. All... Sorry, go ahead. Of, of all the games, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe it's just me picking a point that, you know, is a little bit uh, unfair. I don't know.
0: It's Mark as not interested on my wish list or, you know. And not on my wish list, so. Uh,
1: so, one of three games it isn't?
0: Yeah, one of one of the few.
1: Well, I think we thoroughly beat that topic to the ground.
0: I think so, so let's move on to go beat something else. The For Honor tournament, or the most recent one, was Rife with Bugs and Exploits.
1: Yeah, that's my title. <laughs> because there wasn't really a good uh, overarching title, so I made one this time.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically, For Honor is a buggy mess that Ubisoft won't or hasn't or doesn't care to fix. And the the person who won the tournament did it by basically exploiting <laughs> a glitch where yeah. that uh, you can make other players fall down. And then oh you no can no, 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 no no no
1: no no! That's not even the uh, the the exploit that he used.
0: Oh, was that not him? I mean, no, I know that was one of the people.
1: No, no, there, oh, there was. <laughs> <laughs> there was so many exploits. And granted the the article that I chose only had three uh eclipses. There was a couple more that was floating around and I imagine if you go watch the full tournament with the the Twitch chat on, it would be a glorious, glorious mess. But his uh exploit was that if you timed a certain uh, uh, attacks a certain way, they became not on unblockable.
0: Oh yeah, I'm looking at it here. Okay, so Basically, he's timing it correctly to un-target lock his opponent, which makes his follow-up, like, makes the attack unblockable, as long as you've got the timing right.
1: Yeah, and he won! Congratulations! Yep. Uh, This entire tournament was designed around trying to promote For Honor because its player base is, um, non-existent?
0: Yeah, it was below 10,000 I think it might even be lower than that now. Let's go look.
1: Yeah, well, I was about to. Well, to be fair, uh Devil's Advocate. Yeah, you know, this is just the Steam copies, which as of 26 minutes ago is right at 4k. So 4,000 4, with a peak of uh, 6500, which honestly is about 6,000 people more than what I thought. But they also had an all-time peak of 45,000. Yeah, and if you look at their all-time chart, it um, fall like a rock. I believe is the proper term for this. Yeah, Uh, it's for honor is the reason why I'm leery of the pirate game that Ubisoft is putting out, which is essentially the pirate or the boating section from uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag as a multiplayer segment. For Honor is just such a mess, and it, it it's like every time they try to do something with it, they choose the wrong thing. They decided they wanted to do a multiplayer tournament to try to uh, show the best players out there. And they got a group that chose uh, exploits that uh, lost due to bugs, that <laughs> just uh, cheated... Uh, well. And, I guess cheated is the proper term for this. Over and over and over again to victory. Uh, the uh, There's one clip in uh, one of the articles that is pretty much Gog uh, ha, is down, what was it, two-thirds of his health? And he kept doing this charge attack that is unblockable.
0: Yeah, and it basically it stun locks an opponent. If you can do it fast enough, you can just keep uh, like smashing him into a wall and knocking him down. And then you can get in one or two attacks before they stand up, and then you can do it again, and just repeat it ad nauseum until you win.
1: Matter of fact, uh, well, uh, to also a little bit of devil's advocate is that the recent peak of a thou- or eleven thousand was also during their free weekend, which I just couldn't uh, even be bothered with. It yeah. wasn't worth the download time. <laughs> We, we tried this when it was in beta and it had the same issues oh, I'm sorry server stress test was it a true beta because it was what like a week or two before the game released
0: yeah something like that
1: well, we tried it and there were players teleporting there were uh, uh, who was it that we had in our group that was constantly disconnecting uh, it was because, Ghost uh, Shark uh, Because uh, okay Ghost Shark I, I knew it was uh, either Ghost Shark or Space main but I can't remember which one uh, but he was constantly dis- uh disconnecting. I saw people teleporting. It just it was clear that the game wasn't ready for prime time. Yeah. So I just didn't pay much attention to it and it looks like we were right. And it looks like the rest of the player base did as well.
0: So I'm I'm trying to see if I can find a source for player numbers anywhere else besides Steam. Yeah. Uh, even on, Sometimes you can get them for consoles and stuff. And I have yeah. discovered that they removed the player count that was in-game after it consistently dropped below 20,000 concurrent players.
1: Gee, I wonder why. So,
0: now you can't tell how many people are online, <laughs> except by using Steam Spy.
1: Well, there was also reports of during the free weekend, uh, it taking ages for people to find games, you know, which is not a good... Showing to begin with, yeah, and that's what this really was. Was oh, this was a small tournament. I mean, to uh, me and you, if we won ten thousand dollars, yo, that that's yeah a fair chunk of change. But as a tournament, uh a grand prize, that's chump change. Yeah, that's not very much. I, I mean, I mean, there's hell,
0: tournaments t- that regularly have fifty thousand or more for games hell, that you've never heard of.
1: No, 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 no. Total Biscuit runs a bigger tournament every month for StarCraft 2. <laughs> to be fair, he's also sponsored, but he's also not a multinational uh, AAA developer. Well, and I should say Ubisoft is for the, at least the time being. We'll see how that hostile takeover take, uh, <laughs> works out <laughs> that they've been fighting off for a couple of years now.
0: Oh, I thought that they won the... I thought oh, that, that no, was
1: no, 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 it's still ongoing. <laughs> Okay. Why do you think they're desperately trying to get For Honor to be a thing? They're trying to... Ubisoft has this history of having games that are functionally maybe there, and then trying to fix them later. And I think it's finally starting to catch up with them with For Honor, because the Division had the same problems. Uh, The last, how many Assassin's Creed games had huge problems on launch and were eventually fixed until the point that they saw their numbers drop so much that they actually took a break for a year. Which I know, uh, take a break for a year.
2: Yeah.
0: It's not very long, really. It uh, looks like the Division's doing alright right, right well, now. Well, the, 4, division, uh, the division got
1: the, the Division got a bit of a boost whenever they released essentially... The Flavor of the uh, Month DLC. yeah, you know, the Survival Mode DLC. They got a lot of players back for that.
0: Yeah, they also fixed a lot of issues with the game yeah, true. that people were having.
1: Yeah, true. But yeah, they, they they want a lot of players back with that. It's hard to uh, uh, to really say that that was the uh, sole uh, soul thing. But it definitely helped them out. Particularly since... Battle Royale has this nomadic player base that's still looking for that one game, which maybe uh, PUBG is it. I don't know. Yeah, you know, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, or PUBG, yeah. or or Chicken Dinner Winner, or whatever.
0: <laughs> it looks pretty decent. I'd, I I want to check out PUBG, but I'm not going to pay for it. At least not right now. <laughs> I've got several games that I need to play right now and get through. So.
1: Uh, I have a couple. Um, anyways. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you think if uh, Ubisoft saw what was happening at the uh, tournament and canceled the entire thing while people were there? I, I wouldn't have blamed them, honestly. I, no,
0: I wouldn't have blamed them, but that would have might
1: That would have that, been the worst PR. Worse? I mean, yeah. Uh, but then again, you know, they're not getting good PR from the tournament anyway. No. It, it probably didn't help that they had uh, well, at least uh, in one of those clips potentially the most douchey looking of players I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> yeah. Seeing so,
0: you know, there with his sunglasses on. Sunglasses
1: constantly. on, uh, uh, chewing his gum, and uh, what was that? Some sort of blazer that he was wearing? Yeah. I'm... <laughs> uh, I mean, just, sometimes you shouldn't have a face cam. Yeah. <laughs> Nope. Uh.
0: I agree with that sentiment.
1: Even though I do feel for that one guy that lost due to yeah uh, you know, the 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 sheer fact that the land wasn't even.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, one of the glitches is that if you
1: get a knock it, 60- I believe it's some sort of knockback uh, if on uneven land you fall down.
0: Yeah, it, it treats the player like they've fallen off of a ledge or something and so they fall down.
1: Stupid. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, maybe you should work on fixing your fucking game before you have a tournament to pay attention to your uh, shitty fucking game. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean to be fair, I'm. I never took a marketing class. I'm, I don't have a, a yeah, you know, any sort of formal training in this. But if you're gonna draw attention to yourself, try to have some competence in your product. To be fair, I do realize I am saying this on the VGL podcast.
0: I have confidence in our product. Our product has less bugs and glitches in it than a Ubisoft game.
1: On the episode that I was recording the wrong uh, microphone.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's one. That's one. Ubisoft games have hundreds, millions even. Hundreds of millions
1: billions and billions of bugs. Billions. (laughs) Uh, uh, I mean, we probably ran this into the ground. It's just one of those things that uh, I saw this uh, going around. And, you know, it's just too delicious, almost. I I hate reveling in the fact that For Honor is such a piece of shit. Okay, maybe not completely, but Yo, it's one of those things that it definitely shouldn't have gone to this. If it, if Fort Honor lost its player base naturally, that's one thing. You know, if, if just, it just, it's a game that's not there. But the fact that uh, there's a tournament for a game called Fort Honor and it's won by a cheater and has just so many exploits and bugs shown off in the gameplay, <laughs> there's just a certain amount of irony going on.
0: Yeah. I agree. Uh, all right. I don't. I don't have anything else to add to this. It's one. Of, yeah, well, let's
1: uh, move uh, swiftly along then.
0: All right, this one's going to be a quick little one. But uh, BattleNet is back, but now it's called Blizzard BattleNet.
1: Oh, so you're skipping ahead?
0: Did I? Yes. No. Oh, whoops! I'm looking at the <laughs> just the news topics, not the way it's in the show notes.
1: Oh, this is because you paste the. Uh... Uh, the things in, in the incorrect order And I have to fix them uh, whenever I go to do the show notes So there we go. Uh, that's uh, bug number two I swapped them, <laughs> I swapped it around See, But see I fixed our
0: bug I swapped it around So now we're going yeah, in the yeah, correct see, why, order
1: See why can't Ubisoft do this with a simple copy and paste You know <laughs> yeah, just, just, <laughs> just copy uh, all the code from a working game And put it into your uh, a working
0: game <laughs> There you go That's all you gotta do right That's how game dev development works
1: Yeah, this is Um, easy. We should uh, make an indie game with our spare time.
0: Yeah, maybe we should. (laughs) Uh, Make it a musical game. Yes, where you have to sing. Uh, Okay, so I fixed it, and now Battle.net is the next topic. Okay. So, yeah, Battle.net's back.
1: So, are you going to quote me my tweet again?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Rage made a tweet about this, the... A couple of days ago, I guess. And I read it and liked it and forgot that I read it and felt like I remembered reading it in like a news article or something. And I told it to you like you had no idea what it was. And you were like, that's my tweet.
1: (laughs) Whoops. It it just, I was just sitting here thinking, uh, that's that's my tweet. (laughs) You you like this. Yeah. Of course I know about it. I wrote it.
0: Totally blanked on it. Basically, yeah. Do, do you want to do the honors or do you want me to do it?
1: Oh uh, well, uh, are we going to do the entire history because this is the second name change in what about three months?
0: Yeah. Um. So it it was BattleNet forever, and then oh the no no, no it was BattleNet
1: ago... first. Then uh they changed it to uh, sorry I was making I was about to make a Batman Forever joke. Ha
0: ha ha. Um. Uh, no. Yeah. It was it was BattleNet BattleNet for forever. I mean years.
1: Yeah, a few months ago, it, when it originally uh, created, it was bad on that. I mean, it's been Battle.net since uh, Starcraft one, I think, was the first game for, or was it uh, like Warcraft two or something like that? I mean, it's I... been it's been uh, in the nineteen nineties. Yeah, yeah, way back in the distant year of nineteen ninety five, when rap was king,
0: when rap and was everyone,
1: good. and when everyone wore fluorescent colors. <laughs> Uh, And And hats uh, were never worn straight.
0: Overalls. For some reason, trendy city kids in the 90s wore overalls. Anyways, yeah, it's Battle.net for forever. Then a few months ago, they changed it to the Blizzard app.
1: And then immediately (laughs) announced Destiny 2 was going to be on it. (laughs) Yep. Because, you know, that's a Blizzard game. (laughs) That's such a weird uh, timing on that. Uh, Could you imagine if they announced uh, Destiny 2 was going to be on Battle.net instead of the Blizzard app? How much less confusion there was going to (laughs) be. Yeah.
0: Uh, And now they've changed it sort of back to Battle.net, but it's Blizzard Battle.net. Which, what, what you said was that it feels like a teenager who just refuses to admit that they were wrong.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, Johnny. You're always going to be Johnny. Nobody's going to call you Steve.
0: <laughs> Fine, mom. Call me Ste- Johnny Steve. Stevie John. Yeah, it's I just feel so childish. Like, why couldn't they have just said, "You know what? Our 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 fan base uh didn't like this. They oh. wanted us to stick to our tradition." So, we're listening to our fan base and we're going to go back to battle net
1: what's even more hilarious is well you don't have the official announcement on here but uh, as the show notes i'm gonna to have to go dig that up i guess but uh, on the official announcement they were talking about how they'll listen to their fan feedback yeah and the comments were disabled <laughs> of course they were uh, to be fair, you know Blizzard uh, comments are usually kind of toxic anyway. But it's just the, you know, uh, we're gonna listen to fan feedback, but not give you a way to actual provide fan feedback. <laughs> now shut the fuck up, Blizzard! Uh, Battle.net is the greatest name ever. We have made Battle.net great again. Oh.
0: I uh, I went and got you your link already. So you're good. You don't have to go find it.
1: <laughs> uh, it, it Blizzard just hit that rebellious age, I guess. Or, or maybe that's a midlife crisis. That was my other idea. You know that you know they're, they're having a midlife crisis. They don't want to be Battlenet anymore, even though everybody always will know them as Battlenet. You know they yeah. got they got a toupee in a sports car and uh, they're going to space uh, with uh, Destiny Two. <laughs>
0: to in a space in and in a rocket <laughs> going to space a convertible rocket like from uh, the Martian the Martian yeah it's our second Martian reference to this show <laughs> one more and and we summon Matt Damon
1: <laughs> Matt Damon
0: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry but team America world Police has ruined Matt Damon for me <laughs> or at least the name Matt Damon <laughs>
0: yeah okay well I mean that was I mean that was that just wanted to throw just, that in there
1: yeah it's just such a ridiculous uh, thing in general and yeah. it makes me think Blizzard is a bit out of touch uh, why would they change from such an iconic name anyway that's something that I've never really understood I mean it's like Valve saying that Steam is no longer going to be Steam It's going to be the Valve app. Yeah. I I mean, it's the level of stupidity.
0: Maybe they just felt like they were big enough and popular enough that they could get away with it and their fans would just go along with whatever.
1: Also known as uh, the Overwatch uh, fan base.
0: Yeah. I mean, to (laughs) to be fair, if I was them, I would think I could get away with it too. Their fan base will eat up and defend anything that goes on so
1: well obviously sure they, uh, valve has learned this lesson that no they won't
0: <laughs> yeah so i assume blizzard just thought they could get away with it and nobody would really fight him on it but apparently this one thing fans care about so yeah let's So speaking uh,
1: of changes from valve or we have a steam group invite changes
0: indeed indeed
1: a very welcome change, I might add. This is something from a couple weeks back. Uh, just a little bit more time-filter, so we don't have to do a second-discovery queue. Well, at least unless one of us has absolutely terrible cues, Jared?
0: I do have a history of bad cues,
1: Even though Mon was just rife with F1s at one time. <laughs> yeah, but that was funny. True. Uh, but uh, the main change on this is... Trying to crack down on the Steam Scammers uh, for, well, usually it's CSGO stuff, but it's some Dota stuff and some TF2 stuff as well. Just trying to keep group invites from just going rampant, and I really don't have a problem with this. In order to get a group invite now, you have to have it from a friend.
0: Yep. Which I don't have a problem with that either. I mean, that makes sense. I was
1: about to say, what, you don't have a friend?
0: (laughs) You got a friend in me.
1: Uh, Quickly, let's get to that $1,000 milestone so Jared never sings again. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But then you have to keep it there.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to do a musical. (laughs) Musical. Unless they really want one, in which case they'll bump it up to a thousand (laughs) and then drop it back down on purpose. But I would have fun doing a musical, even Uh, if it was terrible. The
1: the musical podcast.
0: I'm sure there's one out there. Maybe I'll look for it later.
1: Oh, God. Uh, But this is just a little fluff topic. Not a lot to talk about. This is just trying to really crack down on... Uh, all the scammers and all of the advertisers as well, because that's another thing is that these uh, group invites typically will advertise you know, their random gambling site uh, either in the Steam name or in the group name, which it makes me wonder just you know, how the hell they uh, get away with it for so long.
0: Valve just doesn't care. Care. Doesn't put any oversight in place for this, or at least they haven't before. So, I mean, I used to regularly get scammers and group invites to all of this stuff. I mean, I've blocked many, many users and Steam groups over the over the years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I'm yeah, very happy.
1: Yeah, it just makes me wonder why this wasn't a thing to begin with. But it may have, maybe this is one of those cases where Valve is run by engineers and uh, programmers and not an you know, the actual player base. Yeah. It's the same problem Google has a lot of times where there's features that does, doesn't make sense to the average user, but to the person that designs it, you know, it makes perfect sense. You know, like uh, the Gmail uh, inbox, you know, you have all these handy tabs, but you can't use them for anything except for what they're specifically designed for. You can't customize them whatsoever.
0: Yep, but I do like the tabs. I use the tabs.
1: It's just yeah uh, you know, the same thing where, yeah you know, uh, the group invites were fine for you know, the average user, but people that have something of value in their inventory. Which are typically the CSGO player, uh, I think, is the number one. Probably number two would be uh, Dota 2, with number three being TF2. Which, yeah, numbers in, in there makes it a lot more complicated, than it really sounds like, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Also, trading cards back in the day when they were new. Yeah. Or newer. Because oh, they were I, a lot more-
1: I I occasionally still get a couple people for trading cards. Yeah. But that's mostly due to having some of the 2013 trading cards still in my inventory. Nice, I
0: guess.
1: I have one that's worth a buck thirty-three right now. Oh, there you go. That's going to be my retirement plan. I'm going to wait for it to go up like the Bitcoin.
0: (laughs) I mean, a buck thirty-three, that's two games earlier from some of the super cheap games we were talking about.
1: Yeah, but see, I could only afford half the trap presidency, so, you know, only four years. And I just heard you <laughs> shudder.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm standing actually at my desk. I almost fell down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but even the other uh yo, know, 2013 cards are, you know, fifteen to twenty five cents each. Yeah. So, and I'll occasionally get someone that, you know, is building that uh, those old uh, badges because the summer sale and winter sale badges are limitless so you know they could get as uh, many of the uh, the cards as they can and build up their rank and there's people that have uh, what is the top ranking person right now
0: don't know it's a good question is there even a max limit or a max level you can get
2: to
1: theoretical limits because, uh, yeah, there's only so many uh, cards uh, uh, actually out there. And there's also only so many games that generate cards. And remember, you can only do six badges or six levels of badge on every single game. You could have the five standard and the one foil. That's why the summer sale cards are such a big deal. Let's see. High Steam level, top Steam levels, da- Steam database. Oh, this is handy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Kabong shows up. Do you want to guess? Uh, Uh, Level, not name, of course.
0: Yeah. um, I assume it's in the triple digits. Uh, (sighs) What, are you scoffing at me because it's higher than triple digits?
1: Triple digits uh, would uh, barely get you in the top ten.
0: Wow. I was thinking, like, 500 but apparently i'm way underestimated
1: 500 oh, well let's scroll down five uh, being at level 500 wouldn't get you in the top 100
0: jeez i thought i was doing good to be at level 30 whatever i mean i know you're in the 40s right
1: yeah i'm i believe i'm 42 now Up uh, 41 which i got 40 during the summer sale And the weight of my library pushed me over to uh, forty-one.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm at I'm at thirty-three.
1: I did. Yeah, which yeah, which me going to forty was mostly of an experiment just to see how the booster pack drop rate improves, and it's not a day off. So far, that's that's good, I guess. I went from average of uh nine, well eight point five seven, I think it was. It was just over five, to an average of j- right under eight, so uh, overall it's knocked about a day off. But then again, my yeah you know, data for my uh, above 40 is still very new. Right. Awesome. Uh, uh, what, what You're not going to guess a number?
0: Oh, right. Uh... <laughs> uh 1,327.
1: Okay, well, I'll give you the rank. If you were ranked uh, 1,327, you'd be ranked fourth.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what is it? What's the highest?
1: 2,367.
0: Jesus. That feels like impossible. How much money have they spent?
1: Uh. well let's put it this way I'm, I'm going to give you their name uh, in chat I want you if you could go into your uh, uh, Gmail your personal Gmail which uh, you get your uh, card uh, so all messages from see if you find that name because whenever I did it I sold two cards to them <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I mean, I regularly clear out my Gmail, so I doubt it.
1: But... Oh, oh, well, I, I, I just, uh, archive everything, but yeah, they, they, uh, according to reports or people trying to figure it out, they spent over $20,000 on cards.
0: Damn. No,
1: no, 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 no. I haven't done the qualifier yet. Okay. In the last summer sale. God damn. Damn. I
0: mean, I guess if I had that kind of money and I could just, like,
1: yeah, people spend it on whatever I want. Yeah, pe- people figured out that they were constantly buying cards to the point where the, yeah, you know, they were hitting the market limits.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess if I had that kind of money,
1: you know, I'd spend it
0: and not give a shit.
1: Personally, I would build a space program. <laughs> yeah, and here's the fun part, is that Rank 2 is 1,574. Dang. Yeah, and rank 100 as 513. Yep,
0: good for those people. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) someday I'll hit 50.
1: I I love how naive you are. Uh, Well, it's in the triple digits. Dope. (laughs) Oh
0: some of the top people were in the triple digits some of them
1: yeah as a matter of fact I believe uh let me just double check this yeah they got uh, they have their steam summer badge well uh, they they were given a special steam summer badge <laughs> and it has over a hundred thousand levels on it. well good for them. <laughs> <laughs> You're just mind blown, aren't you? I wish I had that kind of money. Think of all the hookers you'd have with that. All but, the black but green and hookers. Did, but but granted and Dead, you wouldn't have all the Steam trading cards.
0: I mean, I sell all the Steam trading cards, anyways.
1: Yeah, I'm just. Uh, well, I'm looking uh, at number two. Uh, number two has a uh, Steam Summer Sale 2017 rank of. Over 30,000. Good for them. (laughs) Very proud of them. I just, it blows my mind that they're able to actually make that many badges, let alone, you know, get the uh, the cards for that. But, you know, it's uh, bringing all the way back around to our topic. uh, You know, it's the train cards and everything else is the reason why the. Invites had to be locked down because you know you were getting fishers that were try- that were sending people to uh, these really really questionable at best gambling sites. Which I'm really shocked that those gambling sites haven't been uh, uh, locked down as well, you know, because yeah, you know, there's only so many web hosts out there that could have uh, built something like that, right? Yeah, I'm uh, really shocked oh. that they haven't been uh, more trouble. Ali heard really about those uh, couple YouTubers that really got in trouble with the uh, with the gambling sites, and that's been it, really.
0: Yeah, so far. I think so. At least that I know, that I've heard of. Okie okay, dokie. Okay. Well, well, if you're
1: well, done getting your mom blown.
0: Yep. Let's uh, take it on over to Community Corner, where we have two... One, I mean, they're about the same thing, same topic... Uh, emails One and a half. From, from jim good old jimmy jam uh in response to i think this is about our value of games but he does start talking about grinding a lot more
1: mm-hmm. than just the yeah i think i may have triggered him when i brought up the yeah you know, hell it's a little hard to determine a value of games because the yo know, Pure hours is it a fair assessment because you may not be enjoying all those hours because some of it may be grind. I mean, just look at GTA Online.
0: Yeah, well, but some games do grind well. Yeah. So you know, it just comes down to how they design it, and I think what their motivations are for doing it.
1: So uh, shall we kick this off? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we do apologize for not getting to this last week. Uh, I blame Jared.
0: Yeah. I'm starting to feel kind of sleepy right now, but that's okay. We're in the the final. The we're in the third half of the show, so
1: wake up.
0: You know, that those that level of or that tone in your voice just makes me want to go to sleep.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, here we go. <clears throat> At a basic level, entertainment products like video games allow you to pay money for enjoyment. Exactly how the value of the transaction is calculated is very subjective. Progression is an important part of most games. Keeping things held back behind unlocks or levels can make a game more fun overall and enhance the sense of progression in a game. Proper pacing in a game requires players to unlock things at a rate that is neither too fast nor too slow. If everything is unlocked from the beginning, it's essentially a sandbox game like Minecraft Creative Mode. When progress is too slow, it becomes a grind. The amount of enjoyment per unit time drops and may even become negative. Normally, a player would abandon a game that is not fun to play, but they might continue if there's a promise of more fun later. Grind is when a game becomes a chore or transitions into work. Um, games is work. There's several um, interesting things about that. This is going off topic, but hey, that's what we do. But um, We
1: go off topic? Never.
0: I, I believe Extra Credits has done a video or two about games as work, and uh, I read a book... Um, about gamification and games as work, uh, and there was a recent study that came out that uh, talked well, about video games and and work, and uh, it, there were some issues with it. But one thing that they did say is that um, the sort of daily grind in a lot of MMOs has replaced that that traditional work sense that people used to have whenever they worked and more. Uh, physical, like, factory-type jobs where they would do the same thing every day. Like, that got kind of ingrained into our culture.
1: I was thinking more like, uh, you yeah, using uh, games as a workspace. Sort of like how Second Life was, well, back when that was more relevant. Or uh, going to a more fictional sense. Well, uh, Ready Player One had it, but I was also thinking of the anime uh, you know, Summer Wars. Uh, when the main characters... Uh, Worked at an, I believe it was an ad agency or something uh, in the game itself, and it, uh, Summer Wars had this sort of uh, VR MMO. Well, it wasn't VR, but yeah, it was presented as VR uh, to the uh, viewer. Uh, that was all across pretty much every device known to man, and it was uh, you know just a step down from the Matrix. Interesting. Uh, on, uh, uh, it's a really good movie. And uh, it talks a lot about the how interconnected we are and how kind of dangerous that is actually.
0: Yeah, it's got benefits, but it's also got some some drawbacks for sure. Um, but anyways, yeah, just I had that thought as I was reading reading that just then. Um, all okie dokie. Uh, uh, should on? I take uh,
1: Should I take a a paragraph or two?
0: You can. I don't mind to read the whole thing though.
1: I hate grindy games because I don't have a lot of time to play all the games I would like to. Intentionally, grindy games have developers who deliberately decided to waste my time. I'm not against all instances of grind. There are times where it is particular is perfectly acceptable, like adding hundreds of hidden items in a game for the player to be to collect. It's also uh, justifiable in free-to-play games that need something to motivate players to open their wallets. I hate it when developers lock major pieces of game behind grind walls. This also applies to uh, arbitrarily required levels up to certain reasonably competitive online games, like For Honor. (laughs) Uh, RPGs often uh, fall into the grind trap when they try to extend gameplay. As you level up, progress gets slower and slower until you eventually need to grind to be able to survive at layer levels. Diablo 2 had a good solution for the grind by making the entire game accessible and beatable in less than 15 hours. The player then could play the game over in nightmare difficulty and eventually hell difficulty if they wanted. This gave players a challenge if they wanted, but it didn't lock the story or game areas away from people without the time to slog through the higher difficulties and that's something else that we really should talk about is a replay of games as in you know, the entire game just takes one step up uh this is uh, once again again off topic it, it almost feels like an an artificial lengthening of gameplay to me what about you
0: and what's what, where, do you mean where, like, giving games like a new game plus mode or well, a new
1: game plus mode uh, especially on a on a shorter game uh, uh, well for example Borderlands 2 not exactly a short game but it, you're encouraged to constantly replay it and go further and further up the bullet sponginess of the enemies right it, it feels a, a very cheap way to do it I, mean, I definitely understand the appeal to it But it has to be, to me, make sense. It has to give some sense of progression other than, okay, well, I'm suddenly doing more damage with all the enemies. uh, just I'm doing twice the damage, but all the enemies just got 10 times the health. That's not satisfying to me. What's more satisfying is if the enemies got more abilities or or I started running into different types of enemies. So maybe Game Plus mode isn't exactly the best way to do it, at least in my opinion. But it's also a very easy way to do it for people that want to do it, I guess. It, it's one of those uh, odd things where maybe I'm not the general populace. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I've always tended to enjoy new game plus modes. Um...
1: It, it really depends on if it uh, if it allows you to do something different. Like, uh, well, Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross where in order to get uh, certain endings you had to do new game plus mode with a high level character to be able to beat an enemy that was otherwise unbeatable.
0: Right. I like, I like it when new game plus modes add interesting little things like for example uh, Naval Ops all of the Naval Ops games have a new game plus mode um, and they do have that sort of score attack element to them you get bonuses for playing a new game plus but also like whenever you go through the second time it basically just becomes a sci-fi game all of the things that you fight are like laser based and uh, missile based and it does become more difficult, but it does fundamentally change the way you have to play the game in order to stay uh, competitive or stay, um, to win, to be able to survive.
1: Yeah, maybe so I, uh, Diablo is just a bad example for, uh, and Borderlands Two, by extension, uh, for how I would prefer New Game Plus mode. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, because we we have talked about how we aren't the average gamers to begin with.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I also remember ha- uh, like the Ace Combat series has New Game Plus, and you just go through and continue to complete missions and unlock the rest of the craft. So I don't I don't really know if that's better or worse or whatever. Mm-hmm. But although I guess that is a grind.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where were we? Right I see there. It see it, uh, MMO RPGs took the grind of RPGs and turned it up to 11. I really don't need to say much about them because they speak for themselves. Grind in games took a really dark turn when free-to-play and mobile games introduced microtransactions. Pay-to-skip grind is one of the most awful things to happen to regular games. You can argue for its value in free-to-play games, but not in paid games. So, just recently, it was this week actually in this week's Jimquisition, uh, Jim took on the uh, Warner Brothers adding microtransactions and loot boxes oh to uh, I take Shadow 4.
1: I take this was not a pleasant conversation.
0: It it was He actually made a really good point that I had never thought of it before. Like, Whenever companies do this, whenever they put pay-to-skip mechanics into a pay-to-play game, they're saying that their game doesn't have value and it's actually more valuable you, for you to spend money... To not play their game, so you shouldn't Ooh, be buying the game in good, the first place.
1: That is a good point. That yeah, the game isn't compelling enough to, <laughs> or it's only fun in the end game. <laughs> yeah, that's so, actually a really good argument.
0: So I I I really liked that argument. I just I'd never heard heard anyone make that before that argument before. But I mean, basically saying like, if that's what your game's gonna be, I think I'm just gonna stop buying your games because. What you're telling me is that I should buy your game and then pay to skip all the way to the good part of the game instead of being uh, encouraged to play to get there. So I'm just not going to waste my money or my time anymore.
1: Yeah, the problem is most people don't see that. Yeah. Uh, They see it as, oh, I get to skip the boring bit and get the most bang out of my... uh, most fun for the few hours instead of going through the Kind of boring bit where I'm not a walking god, uh, and now I get to go fuck the, sp- or the spider lady. <laughs> or, or did yeah. you see that uh, article going around?
0: No, I saw that. Yeah, Shelob is a, actually a pretty lady.
1: Yeah, it... I, don't, I don't,
0: I don't, I don't want to fuck her though I... because she would turn back into a spider. I yeah, like I mean spiders. we learned
1: our lesson from Brothers of Tale of Two Sons.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't like spiders.
1: It's just one of those things that. <laughs> If they made this not be a Lord of the Rings game, and, and let them just go batshit with the lore, you know, it would make a lot more sense, I think. Yeah. But they're trying to you know, use characters and do weird things. And just pissing off the fans. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Okie dokie, continuing on. Consider the typical exchange of value when paying for games. You pay money to be able to play a game. You can pay more money for more content or more game time. Paying to skip the grind flips the transaction to a negative. You're actually paying to play the game less, rather than grind and get whatever resources or progress that is gaining you. Instead, you're paying to not play that part of the game. So, I guess gems think alike, because he's basically making the same point, I think. Maybe just not quite as simply or as elegantly as... Jim Sterling did. Or loudly. Or yeah, or loudly. And with less swearing. Uh, collateral damage or, hey, from on, this... I'll make
1: up for it. Fuck, 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 fuck. Balls, fuck.
2: Good old swearing. Oh,
1: oh, oh, I'll wait. Yeah. Jim's uh, uh, British. Or at least that, Jim. So, bollocks. Bollocks. Cock. Bollocks.
0: Bellend. You're bellend. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... Collateral damage from this terrible business model includes things like removing the console and blocking mods. This makes games worse overall. Um, GTA, oh, here we go. GTA Online oh boy, is here we go. example of a game made worse by microtransactions and excessive grind. It has been stunningly profitable at the expense of players. A key observation I made when reading up on how to earn money efficiently in the game is that people were making arguments for buying shark cards by comparing it to work specifically by calculating how much you would have to grind to earn equivalent in-game money compared to buying shark cards. The result was a direct comparison between your hourly wage at your job versus how much you would have to pay for shark cards to avoid wasting an hour of time grinding. The argument is that you're better off working for X hours to buy shark cards instead of grinding for 4X hours in-game. It's a really sad situation that the comparison would even cross someone's mind. Did I mention that I hate grind?
1: <laughs>
0: and then he sent us another email. He, as he an hates addendum. grind
1: almost as much as a barista.
0: <laughs> then he sent us a, another email that was an addendum to the first. And it begins an addendum for the previous email. Consider a real world analogy to video game grind. A game can be compared to a theme park. The admission is equivalent to buying a ticket. And there are various fun things to do at the park. Rides like roller coasters are really fun parts of the game, but are often accompanied with long lines, a.k.a. grind. Long lines in theme parks are an unfortunate reality due to the limits of how many people can go on rides at a time. However, video games have no such scarcity. Imagine if you were at a theme park and every ride had a two-hour wait. Now imagine finding out that the wait is entirely unnecessary and only there so you can't do everything in one day, thus having to buy multiple tickets. How pissed off would you be?
1: This pissed off. Now
0: imagine that the park sells fast passes that skip a line entirely and let you ride right away. Imagine if the park took the five-minute pre-ride themed walk and turned it into a slow two-hour wait specifically to sell fast passes. This is exactly the situation with games that lets you pay to skip grind. That's also known as Disneyland.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you have to add the... uh... Uh, 100 degrees plus and 95 degree, 95% humidity. Yeah, pretty much. uh, Yeah, your balls are immediately stuck to the to your leg, and they are not coming off until you get home. If you're lucky.
0: It's very uncomfortable when that happens. When my balls get stuck to my leg. No, thank you. I just won't go to Disney.
1: Yeah, why did they have to build Disneyland in the worst place for the summer?
0: <laughs> is Disneyland in California or is Disney World in California? I always get that mixed up. And then the other one's in Florida.
1: Well, I just don't care.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: I mean, they're both miserable places in the summer. It's just one was built in the 50s and nothing worked. Uh, but to be fair, the Pirates of the Caribbean didn't kill the people when that broke down. <laughs>
0: I was not expecting a Jurassic Park reference in this episode. Well done. Well done.
1: Uh, I got a good laugh out of that one.
0: (laughs) Still no Matt Damon, though. We need another,
1: another Matt
0: Damon reference. Or another Martian reference to summon Matt Damon. So, yeah, that was Jimmy GM's letter. Excellent letter, sir. Once again, sorry we didn't read it last week when you sent it in, but I was wiped. And it... I kind of works, too, because now I've played GTA Online, and I agree with a lot of your sentiments about the grind.
1: So, Yeah, pretty much the same here. I, I, grind does have its place, but it has to be entertaining. And If you're just sitting there mining, unless you're Jared, yeah, most people aren't going to enjoy that. It's
0: very relaxing. It's so good. No Man's Sky now has all of that that's fun in spades, and there's not a lot of annoying or like background stuff that I have to concentrate on so I can also listen to podcasts. Well
2: you know
1: it's what like, would be really uh, uh uh fun? Sitting on a park bench with Robin Williams.
0: <laughs> I I get that reference too. That's goodwill hunting but uh, that's not the Martian. So unfortunately we either need two more goodwill it, hunting
1: <laughs> Yeah. That, no 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 to- you said Bat Damon, so
0: well, he's not here, so we must have done something wrong.
1: Ah, oh, damn. Now we're going to have to perform uh, The Sacrifice all over again.
0: Man, Goodwill Hunting is such a good movie.
1: <laughs> hey, I have trouble watching Robin Williams movies these days, though.
0: I do, too. I do, too. I don't want to talk about it. There's enough sadness in the world.
1: <laughs> all right, even more so since uh, we lost Robin Williams.
0: Indeed. So let's go talk about our tweets and maybe there won't be sadness in those.
1: <laughs> oh, well, we only had one full tweet, but we also had two questions of the week. So question of the week, number one, what is your favorite game bug slash glitch? Be cool. Vampire, the masquerade bloodlines character creation bug. You could uh, glitch the game to assign more starting point statistics And have level 20 stats when you're only level 1. Chemist. All the crazy shit in speedruns. As a programmer, I love seeing how you could abuse the code to the point of arbitrary code execution. Which, uh, watching uh, games done quickly is just amazing for some of the glitches that people are able to pull off. Uh, Carl. The Sims Demon Baby Glitch. (laughs) And Melz bodies moving around in Bethesda games it scared uh, me when I walked into a, uh, into a cool corpse in Fallout, and it flew past <laughs> into the ceiling. Which chemist has a response. I remember I happened to use the console command from uh, the wiki under the section if the quest item slash NBC clips through the floor. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think it's Bethesda.
0: Yep, fair enough. Fair enough.
1: I, I, I mean... In uh, Oblivion, I uh, had this uh, thing for a while where I would use the uh, dupe glitch to fill random houses with watermelons.
0: Yeah, that was fun. Send 10,000 cabbages rolling down the street. Just yeah, crash but I, to the yeah, game. But I
1: prefer, yeah, but I prefer watermelons because they were nice and smooth. And yeah. to be fair, you know, that's not a Reddit meme just yet. It's just coconuts. I've got a lovely bunch of
2: coconuts
1: And now you're fucking them all in a row (laughs) Uh, But let's see uh, Another glitch I ran into Oblivion where uh, NPCs would uh, You know how they would turn to look at you Whenever they talked Yeah. Before the Skyrim uh, One of the few improvements uh, I actually really liked in Skyrim Was the NPCs would still do their thing But still talk to you yeah and oblivion you know they do that kind of zoom in and they turn to you well for a while I had it where they would turn to me uh but only uh turn their head to face me no matter what direction I'm looking at them from
2: <laughs>
1: so I would walk up behind a guard and you know if I had a, a a a fine or something and he would turn to look at me it, he would just turn his head 180 degrees and go full exodus on me. <laughs> It, it was a little disconcerting. Uh, I've nice. had uh, corpses move around as well like bells probably my favorite one in an, a Skyrim uh, granted I didn't really play Skyrim all that much because I prefer better games uh, my favorite one from Skyrim though was all the dragons flying backwards that I saw, uh, saw videos of
0: yeah uh, my favorite glitch or glitches would have to be from uh, Halo 2, all the super bounces for multiplayer. Uh, basically, there were some errors, like some uh, like flaws in terrain, and with the way that like crouching and jumping worked, you could uh, basically create like a spring that you could use to launch yourself to really high places on the map if you knew exactly where all the right points were and how to, to trigger the glitches. And so... I always like to play with my friends in like LAN and stuff because they didn't know how to do them. And so I'd be like, yeah, let's play snipers oh, so on this map. you're one
1: of those. Friends. Yeah, I'd
0: be, like, I'd be like, yeah, let's play snipers on this map. And then I'd do the super bounce and get to like an unreachable place. Like sometimes even outside the map so they couldn't hurt you, but you could shoot back into the map.
1: Good times, good times. Yeah, I remember uh, there was videos of something similar to that in Team Fortress 2. It wasn't a super bounce, but it was an exploit with the engineer. They would be able to put their teleporter in places where they could either clip through the map or trap people. So there was uh, uh, several videos, uh, especially when TF2 originally came out, of just uh, engineers trapping people. (laughs) And and they couldn't... uh, Shootout and you know, just uh, their own team was just all in this one little like cage. And the thing is that there is a suicide command that you could do. You know, you could take the cyanide pill. But yeah, you know, I guess people don't realize that. Maybe I, I, I don't know.
0: Like an orange monkey eagle. Yes. <laughs> the to the one person in our audience who knows what I'm referencing. Good, go us. Unless nobody else gets it, in which case, nah. It's fine. Sorry. Anyways, I de- I derailed.
1: Moving swiftly along to uh, question of the week. A. What is your opinion on paid gambling and video games? Lockboxes, card packs, etc. Jim, uh, I, I can imagine what this is going to be, huh? At its best, it ruins games. At its worst, it gets children addicted to gambling. I don't know why parents aren't outraged. I'm going to guess that parents either don't realize that it's there or just don't care. Yeah. Which is sad. I mean, you've ran into this in your therapy, so uh, have you ran into parents knowing where their money is going like this? One. um,
0: One parent who knew, and he also was guilty of it, so... Most of the other parents don't know. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I give my kids my their allowance and sometimes they want to buy these cards or whatever, so I buy them for them and you know, they're spending it on their game, I guess. And it, I mean, they just don't know. But I ha- I have had one one parent who did know and he also was doing it.
1: So, not exactly the greatest role model.
0: No, definitely not. <laughs> I immediately requested that those kids be taken out of the house. No, I didn't I didn't do that. Unfortunately, I can't do yeah, that for you, that sort of offense.
1: You've issued them a PC. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, then they found Team Fortress 2 and loot boxes there.
0: Or Overwatch. Or Dota. Anyways, were there more answers? Uh, yeah,
1: I just got okay. derailed. Uh, I know, shockingly enough. Uh, Ghost Shark. Free to play, sure. Dev's gotta eat. Too much of it uh, is pretty me though. Paid games? I'm less happy about it. And we did have one uh, tweet from Million Lights. Yeah, we didn't scare him off with all the ear rape. Breaking news! Picture of Jared leaked on non-gag. Peter blames a VGL podcast of animal abuse.
0: Yeah, I like that picture.
1: Yeah, which, it you know, the five cents is about the same price of a Steam training card, so...
0: Indeed, uh, I do want to go back to the the question, the other question of the week about loot boxes. Like, yeah, we, if uh, they were properly regulated, if they were regulated like gambling, I don't think I would have any problem with them at all.
1: Yeah, that's the problem is that yeah, you know, there's no promise of what's in them whatsoever. You, you know, yeah, you're trusting the developer, and some of these developers are a little scummy, and some of them are a lot.
0: Yeah, so. If they were properly regulated, they probably wouldn't bother me at all. I don't know. Maybe if kids could still do it. But, you know, to some extent, you can't, like, completely stop kids from doing that. But you, you know what I mean. It less yeah, but easy the, for kids.
1: Yeah, but the problem with that is that there's no internal force really trying to push for any internal regulation. Yeah, And, and that's where my analogy with the ESRB came in, was that there wasn't internal force because, yeah, we were uh, – we uh, – Yeah, I'm using the royal we here. (laughs) Uh, We as gamers didn't want the government regulation because there was a lot of fear of censorship, particularly because a lot of this was driven from the outrage of Mortal Kombat, which Mortal Kombat driving outrage these days is just laughable. But back when the ESRB was founded, that was part of it was that Just trying to keep government regulation out But right now well, And also the big box Stores was a a big driving force But now Physical uh, sales are Not as big a deal And there's Multiple storefronts So it doesn't really matter that much In order to have a real Driving force You have to get Apple Google Steam EA Ubisoft to all agree. And that's just yeah, you know, PC and mobile. Yeah, you know, that's not even accounting for Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft uh to for the consoles to all wanna crack down on this. And I don't see there being an internal force. And there's not the outrage that there was back then because, well, we pretty much uh, came up with, you know, either uh, the parents don't know about it and or don't care, or they're doing it themselves as well. Yeah. And they just take, I, you know, uh, take it as a loss.
0: Yeah. Also, I don't think that this is a political climate where I want politicians True. enacting this regulation.
1: Yeah, um, yeah and that's the flip side of it, is that, you know, in order for the politicians to have a... Good law for this. They have to be knowledgeable about it, and we have politicians that are willfully ignorant and proud of their ignorance of technology. And that's not a that's not a climate that I want to have the regulation developed in. Otherwise, we hit another DMCA. <clears throat> yeah, where it becomes a weapon. Because of how poorly constructed it is, even though it was built under, well, DMCA is probably not the best way to <laughs> best example, but built as a tool to use to protect people. Granted, the DMCA was more about the record companies and the film companies wanting to protect themselves from you know the internet, but uh, that's getting off topic.
0: Again, <laughs> okay um were there more tweets I I kind uh, of no, went that, back
1: that was it. there was one other talking about a uh, direct message to, uh, to you but I uh, left that out Okay
0: yeah that's fine to leave it out
1: So moving on to discovery queue
0: indeed discovery queue the music Ah you see what I did there
1: uh...
0: You see huh ah.
1: Well, uh, my first game uh, is very appropriate because it has Loathing in the title. All Rest right. Rest of Loathing. This is... I, I never played Kingdom of Loathing, so I, uh, uh, the, a lot of the charm about this game is probably lost on me. But I've heard a lot of people talking about this, so, yeah, I'm throwing it in. What the hell. Okay. Uh, it's uh, essentially a, well, they call it a slapstick comedy stick figure Wild West adventure role playing game. Okay. And it's all stick figures.
0: <laughs> I think I've seen that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, before. you've probably seen Kingdom of Loathing. The uh, West of Loathing is brand new and it's being suggested because, uh, similar to games you played, Maze. <laughs> Very positive reviews in the top sellers and recommended by Total Biscuit. So, there you go.
0: Huh. So interesting i need to reload the page to see some of the stuff didn't load but this game is Dinosis survival Dinosis survival is a tpp what is tpp tpp shooter with dinosaurs um, um oh third third person shooter
1: i've never heard that term
0: T, but they said TPP, third person perspective shooter, maybe?
1: I guess. Yeah, never... I, I, I mean, either that or it involves the trans specific partnership. <laughs> yeah. That, that's why I'm a little confused, huh?
0: <laughs> it looks interesting. I mean, a survival yeah. game with dinosaurs.
1: Well, uh, put it on the list, I guess. It's uh, got... I, mean, I, I mean, well, the TPP is the one thing that I can support Trump on. Hey, Broken Clock, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Let's see. Sunstrike 4. This is a... uh, Well, an RTS. It has mixed reviews, so I'm not sure about this. Uh, It's a $50 game, so it's full-priced, and there's a lot of people saying that's not worth that, which, yeah but it's a single player or sorry it looks like it has a lot of single player content on it as well it it doesn't look too bad i mean grand looks uh, can be deceiving and it's all about gameplay especially for uh, rts at least i'm pretty sure this is rts i mean it does tag it as rts I, i am getting a little bit of a like a company of heroes vibe off of it maybe it's just you know the we don't have a lot of uh, World War II stuff these days, which yeah. seems so weird. i uh, say, saying we don't get a lot of RTS uh, or a lot, well, a lot of RTS either. But uh, I'm not sure about the price tag. It's something to add to the wishlist, though, to check out some other time, I guess. This and looks, uh, and I, for some reason, Sunstrike uh, seems familiar, but I can't place it. This is uh, the fourth one. It's from Calypso, so. Yeah, the uh, Tropico guys. Yeah. So I, I, I'm blanking on the. Uh, 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 it seems familiar, but I'm not placing it. And it looks like uh, most of their. Uh, they have a lot of <laughs> videos on this game. Looks like it's more squad based than anything else, though, which does make me feel like a uh, you know a company of heroes, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, you know, sm- uh, smaller groups. Yeah. I'm just watching some of the videos, and yeah, it does have a definite Company of Heroes vibe to it. I grant it doesn't look like it's built around cover mechanics, though. Definitely one to check out, though, right?
0: Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what this game is. It's called Pharmacon. Let me grab a link to pop down. It looks like a combination of a Puzzle game and maybe like a programming game. You, you have got a drone and you're bi- programming the drone on the fly to f- effectively fight monsters and zombies. But in the video, it looks more like a pro or like a puzzle type game than a than a programming style game. But
1: yeah, especially with yeah uh, you know, grabbing pieces of the I guess the of the code.
0: Yeah, but then there's another menu where it's like there's beams of light that you're adjusting inside and you can see it on one of the screenshots actually it's the it's the third screenshot I don't know it looks neat it looks really neat I have to say
1: well uh, I'm getting good stuff on my discovery cube my first three are all worthwhile
0: oh I've skipped a few I had some a couple of crappy ones
1: my next one is crash day redline edition it's uh, being adjusted to me because I like action multiplayer arcade games, apparently. But uh, Crash Day, the explosive cult racing multiplayer racer, is back. Re-lo- retooled and remastered. I mean, it looks like a really uh, over the top arcade racer with a lot of explosives.
0: Explosives. Explosions.
1: And it does have a track editor, which looks like it's pretty simple to build. Which, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, is nice. It, it, it looks interesting. I mean, I'm not uh, too certain about it once again, but yeah, it's something to check out eventually.
0: I'm trying to decide if I like this or not.
1: It's like my entire queue is at, at least decent.
0: I'm gonna put this on the list. New frontier. Day's Founding Pioneers.
1: Oh, never mind. Here's one that, uh, I, that I don't care about. Mostly because I don't really care for basketball.
0: At first uh, I thought this was like some kind of like Facebook-style clicker game or something, but it's not. It's like a little town management game with maybe some visual novel, choose-your-own-adventure-style stuff in it. It's hard to tell based on the screenshots, but I don't know. Looks neato. Neato.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see how you can get a, a a Facebook pop from this, wow. Ten bucks. it uh, needs to go under five. be worth anything. Got a flight sim. IL two Stromwick Battle of Oh
0: my gosh. Sorry. You do your game and then I'll do
1: this. Uh well a uh, DD a moment. No, I'm, a, a cold shower.
0: Maybe I'm really excited about what I'm looking at right now.
1: Well, remember if you're more, if you're excited for four more hours, consult Gabe. <laughs> but this uh, looks like well, it doesn't look like it's just flight sim. If it, uh, they're showing some tank uh, stuff in here as well, but you know, I, I don't mind a, you know, a good battle sim like this. It. it Seems, well, uh, really interesting. Uh, the only problem is that it doesn't really show a lot. It shows w- what looks to be well, a lot of, uh, of almost cutscene like material. But, uh, Jared, there's a train.
2: Choo choo.
0: I
1: love trains. Yeah, it looks like there's a. L- oh. Uh, they have uh, some marked as Deb version. <laughs> which who knows what that means but yeah this looks interesting I'm not sure about I'm I'm getting a lot of interesting but not sure right question is if it has single player content or if it's multiplayer only because I do know it has multiplayer content but if it could be single player let's see it's the continuation of the uh, legendary IL-2 stronghold series never really heard of that Guess it's not very legendary.
0: Are you, uh, are, have you seriously never heard of the Isle 2?
1: Maybe I'm just blanking on it. Okay. Which Good. is very possible.
0: Good games. They're one of the best old school sort of World War 2 flight sim games that I've ever played.
1: I, I've, I've not played too many uh, World War 2 flight sims. So maybe that's why. You know, I played a couple. But yeah, you know, those were mid-early 90s. Yeah. Mostly. So Yeah. Maybe it's just, I played it, but never really paid attention to the name of it. Yeah. Oh, it, okay, it does have a single-player c- campaign. That's uh, that's what I was wondering about. But yeah, it, it looks very pretty. Uh, if, assuming these are proper screenshots.
0: Okay. So, remember when we did pitch a game a couple of weeks ago? Yes. And I said that I wanted sort of a, uh, a realistic, semi-realistic... Uh, transport type game in space I present to you Interstellar Transport Company well it's basically exactly what I asked for or pitched as a game idea I am so happy it's releasing today on early access so I might if it's not too expensive I might just out of like sheer giddiness and like I don't know taking a plunge down, Jared. This game. Down. We'll see if it's not too expensive.
1: Well, on the flip side, I think I have to mention this one since uh, <laughs> it came out. Uh, I got tiny rails.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Uh, a mobile port that you spent a lot of time talking about <laughs> a few months ago. Yeah. No idea how it's gonna do. It looks like it's on early access though, so I'm not sure if they're you know, if this is the base game and they're bringing in more content, you know, creating more content or what's going on with it.
0: Yeah. I've actually seen and looked at this game it on the this the PC version. They've taken away a lot of the the mobile stuff, like wait around for your thing to upgrade and sure well,
1: like it's it ten bucks, you know? Yeah. I, I would hope so.
0: And there's no more premium currency They've added some additional interactive features to make it more game-like, so...
1: So they're doing a lot of work with it.
0: Yeah, they're actually, I guess, trying to make something more akin to, like, a proper port, as opposed to just slapping a mobile game on Steam and adding the PC tax.
1: Yeah, which, yeah, I have no problem with it. you know, they're actually doing work on it, because, yeah, going from mobile to PC is a very different beast.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I do believe that's the end of my discovery queue because I'm uh, just going forward and I'm not seeing anything else of real interest. But hey, I, once again, I've picked up five games on my discovery queue.
0: Yeah, I had four. That's a pretty good week for me.
1: Grant, um, I, why do I have a... I probably played uh, that one series and I just blank on it, you know? Yeah, the... Because because
0: Sturm- for a while series?
1: yeah plus it's not English name so I probably just saw and just didn't pay much attention to it
0: yeah I, it's its earlier entries are great there was sort of a middle period like of 5 or 6 years where I didn't play any of them but every one that I've played has been really good
1: well this is a new one right. looks like it I think it's out now yeah it is it's a full price title though with uh, more than a little bit of DLC. That's actually a shockingly high amount of DLC. When did this come out? Okay, oh, oh. Okay, it's Death not 14. a new one. Yeah, I was about to say it's not a new game, and so it's been out for a while. I wonder why I got it now. Because usually the discovery queue yeah, sticks to at least either uh, yeah, last year or two. That's a weird pull, huh?
0: Yeah. Maybe it's because you played Simple Planes. Maybe. Now it's it's pulling some flight games in.
1: It also has VR support. Woohoo! Yeah, you know, maybe someday I'll get excited for VR. It's just still is at that point where it's a novelty to me. Well, I mean, this would there, be there, a there, game. Yeah, th- yeah, this would be yeah, actually a good game for it. Yeah. It's just, you know, there hasn't been that system seller for me. Right. Speaking of selling things.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, welcome to the portion of the podcast where I go first, although I've had several of those going first this week. Uh, but I'm here to tell you about my stuff. Shill my stuff. Uh, if you want sell to Sell it, even. Me, yeah, maybe even sell you something. If you want to follow me on the YouTube, subscribe to me. You can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist. I would greatly appreciate it coming up on the channel this week divinity um shocking the podcast shocking. uh the other podcast that i'm on straight as a pretzel with one of our dear listeners to this show chemists uh we try to have episodes out on mondays and then i pop them up on my channel a few days after they come out uh i, I got caught up last week on the most recent couple of episodes so The one that's coming out this week is new, and we, like I mentioned earlier, we spent a good deal of the episode talking about a little more in-depth about the um, relationship system and how that Mass Effect handles uh, people being gay and trans and all that stuff. So if you want to hear some more about that, Straight as a Pretzel. You can get that at straightpretzel.wordpress.com or you can find it on my YouTube channel. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can just go at JMA4707. Uh, It's been an extra political weekend with all of the stuff that's going on.
1: (laughs) You political this weekend?
0: Also, there were a lot of of tweets about No Man's Sky, so, you know, you get whatever comes up. There's no telling what I'm going to tweet about, so... Yeah, you can, again, at jma4707. If you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash jr4707. Uh, apologies about last week. There was a mix-up, and it turns out I had to go get my mother-in-law from the airport Friday, so I was unable to stream. But there shouldn't be any mix-ups this week, I hope, because I, I like streaming. I want to yeah, stream. Any
1: clue what we're going to play?
0: Uh, No. There's never a clue what we're going to play. And I still haven't sat down and remade the uh, the games list for stream nights. I don't know how I lost a Google Doc, but I did.
1: That takes talent.
0: I probably accidentally deleted it on my uh, the folder on my PC where it syncs up, and then it, it was gone forever. Uh, and then, let's see... I'm talking a little bit more, trying to shill more things. And that's got me all messed up because I'm usually pretty short and sweet. But I've done everything except for Steam. So oh, that's if you that's a farce. So if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can send a friend request to jr34707. I accept all friend requests from you lovely people. And everyone truly has been lovely. That has uh, sent me a friend request and spoke to me.
1: And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password this week is... Sojourn. Sojourn. It's
0: a good word, but not a funny word.
1: Well, simple. You're on the sojourn
0: Nope. Good try. Good yeah. try. Good effort.
1: Well, I tried. Can't make you trickle all the time. Plus, I had the better one earlier.
0: Yeah.
1: I just Jurassic Park out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> that was good. That was
2: good.
1: Well, if you wish to uh, see some of my other good stuff, boy, you out of luck. But if you wish to see all the rest of the stuff, i do three Let's Play series over at Gaming with Caffeine Rage. I have uh, The Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing 3 still ongoing. I'm honestly really just slogging through that uh, at this point, seeing what the story does, because uh, uh, gameplay-wise, it's just not there. They simplified it way, way, way too much. Uh, I have Remworld that spotted all to hell. <laughs> and, well, let's see. My kitchen caught fire in the last episode, if I recall correctly. That was fun. Oh, oh and some caribou uh, broke into the base and started trying to kill everyone.
2: <laughs> all right.
1: What can uh, I say? Red World has some wacky uh, stuff that goes on at times, and, and then occasionally, you know, people will die. Good for them. <laughs> hey, I at guess least they, uh, at least they get their escape. Yeah, uh, and, and, and unlike Groove, uh, forced to carry around a crate forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't gotten Groove yet. Actually, where is he on my name list? Um, I would have to dig out the name list, which requires me to reach over here and grab it. Ah, uh, Groove's not too high on the name list unfortunately did have Spaceman uh, both his parents showed up uh, and yeah he has a weird family let's put it this way uh, his dad was in his 70s and his mother it, it was a 16 year old <laughs>
0: okay interesting Harder
1: spaceman. but yeah RimWorld weird shit and then of course Divinity Original Sin is coming up this week as well I'm going to have next week a odd episode where I have to split one recording to two I think I know how I'm going to do that it's still going to be a little weird but eh, it's, I, I blame my co-host for...
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder who that is oh wait <laughs>
1: Uh, if you want to catch all that stuff including this podcast uh, which appears there on Fridays as well as the Sunday Sampler which I'm hoping to do another one this week I've taken two weeks off just kind of resetting and hoping I get something actually decent to play because you've heard what happens when Jared plays everything he gets it's utter shit (laughs) You find all that over at Gaming with Caffeine Rage, or if you wish to see me tweet somewhat randomly and find what Jared's going to tell me about <laughs> a few days before he tells me about it, you can find me over at Gaming with CR on Twitter. No, I'm not going to let you love that down just yet.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. And speaking of website and addresses... Since I didn't do our proper outro to the uh, community corner. Probably just due to shock that we actually had content for it. You could email us vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, and gaming related topics. Or just tweet us vglpodcast on Twitter. If you want to help pay for this absolute bandage, you could uh, contribute to our Patreon campaign, patreon.com slash vglpodcast. Or if you wish to see the show notes and see if Jared remembered the uh, timestamps or if I have any weird typos like that one visual novel, you can find it over at bgopodcast.podbean.com or just go to Google play or iTunes, Stitcher or wherever podcasts appear. Well, at least ones that Jared's put up. If it shows up somewhere where Jared hasn't put it, that's impressive. (laughs) Proliferation. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Ke- uh, by Kevin McLeod, as well as our discovery key music, Doobly-Doo. You can find his work at copytech.com And...
0: As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now.
1: Doobly-Doo. Bye
2: bye And
0: Jared, too. <laughs> also, enjoy your long episode this week, guys. <laughs> we did it. We did Yay.
2: it. Yay.